always now, baby. You know my love will never stop now, baby. Just put your loving in my box now, baby. Wrap it up. Hello, welcome to the Corner 3 Movie Podcast for The Mummy. My name is Tom Chicker with Christian Matulski. I don't know what I am. And Kelly Wan, I understand that you worked briefly for Universal before they let you go, and you floated some some taglines they were going to use to kick off their Dark Universe franchise. Uh, none of these yeah, were accepted. The same day. I'm sorry? They let me go the same day. The same day they hired you. Well, that's too bad. You obviously, though, did a lot of work. What kind of taglines did you come up on that one day you worked for them? This is for The Mummy, right? Right, right, exactly. The, the beginning of the Dark Franchise universe. There's a lot riding on this. Very important stuff, Kelly Wand. On sure the tagline? You... Well, I think, I li- I think I'll double their box office with this. Okay, it starts with a tagline. From the author of Prometheus. Oh, that John Spates fellow. That's right. Also the author of – what's the thing where the, the aliens in Russia attack the teenagers? They're oh, dark- I like that one. No, not the Chernobyl film? Diaries. No, it didn't have Radiation Bear in it. It's a bunch of dumb teenagers and aliens <laughs> invade when they're in Moscow at a rave or something. Skyline. No, but it's basically Skyline. It's Skyline shot in, in either Russia or Eastern He also Europe. wrote Passengers, I think. Ew. I think you're right. Yeah. Ew. He has a very distinctive voice. He's our Melville. He's our Pirandello. Well, we'll find out how he did in The Mummy soon enough. Stand by. Consistent. <laughs> Kelly, want what other taglines? Because you can't just come up with one because you might get studio notes. They might want something different. So what else? They get a lot of notes on that one. Yeah. Like, what or the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, move about white people's problems in Egypt. Mm. What about gods Jeez. and kings? Yeah. Ah, spoiler. <laughs> uh, crow's best since War Machine. <laughs> <laughs> A little something that the folks who listened to last week's podcast will appreciate. Yeah, I assume they're up. To, they just follow his career. I'm assuming. As long Fans. as those posters, as long as those posters appear back to back, that joke is awesome. Uh, uh, is it was it just three, or did you maybe have a fourth tagline just in case? I had PG thirteen, but I don't know if that's really a tagline. You know what? Save that for when Dingus tells us why it's rated PG thirteen. Oh yeah! See, it would go. It would go well there. Speaking of which, Dingus, don't spoil anything. Tell the listeners what we saw. No spoilers. Don't give anything away. Like I mentioned before, this is the beginning of something very big at Universal. I don't want you to screw it's it up. Universe. It is. Yeah, and there might be people listening who That's how they haven't they dipped their toe in the universe yet. So, Dingus, just give us the basics. Did the creature from the Black Lagoon dip his toe? Only his, his hand. dark toe. <laughs> Camel toe. <laughs> see, yeah. see how quickly that de-escalate or escalated? <laughs> no, that was D. <laughs> D cup. Sorry. What? Wow. Keep, keeps de-escalating. Uh, I had one for Ghost in the Shell too. Uh, Scarjo cop. I just want it, it wasn't good enough to do on an actual podcast. So I saved it. All right, we'll edit that in to the it's good Ghost enough of the mummy shell. one. Yeah. yeah. This week we saw The Mummy, a 2017 American 3D action-adventure fantasy movie. Did about, you see it in 3D? No horror no. notice. Oh, okay. No, but it's listed as a 3D movie, as if that were a thing. 
So it is a 3D action. Yeah, it's like a genre action adventure fantasy movie about the power of a penis shaped knife. It was directed by Alex Kurtzman and written by David Koop, Christopher McQuarrie, Dylan Kusman, with screen story credit to John Spates. You're welcome. He only gets screen story credit. Another spate of success for him. Yep. Uh, Alex Kurtzman also gets screen screen story credit, and so does Jenny. I don't know if you would say her name is Lumet or Lumet, but Jenny. Jenny Lumet. Uh, It stars Tom Cruise, Sophia Boutella, Jake Johnson, and Courtney B. Vance. The Mummy is rated PG-13 for violence, action, and scary images, and for some suggestive content and partial nudity. Good. I wanted to make sure that gets in there. No smoking, however, fortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelly Kelly Wan, is there anything that they missed that, that parents should know about in case they're thinking of taking their small children to see The Mummy? Oh, hang on. Ben Foster's here. One moment. Thank you. <laughs> Does Ben Foster take questions, by the way? No. All right. I want to get him his own set of headphones eventually. No. That's a question. <laughs> a woman has a affair with the villain. An ancient Egyptian woman wears only body paint and jewelry at the beginning of the movie. Her bottom is shown, but other sensitive regions are covered. (laughs) She is uncovered as having an affair when her body paint is found smudged. Her husband asking angrily, who touched you? But it's only smudged on her shoulder. That's, uh, I think that's from the... um, that's what from the 1990. Yeah. yeah, I remember the smudging in that. It's pretty mm-hmm. risque. Thanks, Ben. See you next week. Hope you I was hoping he might have some inside information about whether or not there's going to be a Warcraft sequel. There's, <laughs> a, there's another franchise that really opened with, with a bang. I don't know if the universe is that dark. There you well, know. let's see. So, uh, uh, Mummy opened at number two. It was beaten by Wonder Woman's second week. Uh, it only made thirty-two million dollars, which is which is less than Domestic. even the the least, uh, even the lowest opening of all those Brendan Fraser, Stephen Summers mummy movies. It made less than any of those. It, the Scorpion Ooh. King, I think, made thirty-six million on its opening weekend. It didn't even reach that. Hmm. Uh, Metacritic has it at thirty-four, which is the average rating from various reviews. On Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-three percent. Of the reviews are negative. Oh, yeah, yeah. 17% positive on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, did I do my math right? Yeah. It's uh, like saying in class after a test, like someone who got a 98%, you, they go, you got 2%. Yep. Wrong. Except, right. <laughs> Except the other way around. Flip yeah. it around. Yeah. So it's 2%. Flip it around to someone who got like an F. Yeah, like an hourglass. Speaking of people who got Fs in school, let's see what the cinema score rating is. Uh, idiots are having none of it. They only gave it a yeah. B minus. It's a B minus on Sunday. Not for them. It's not for, it's for yeah. Meet the idiot. 
Kelly Wand, I now want you to spoil the mummy by giving us uh, the mumopsis. <laughs> There's only so many letters you have to play with here. Uh, the mumpsis. Ah, right. Isn't that okay? <laughs> There's not much you can do with it. Even you couldn't do much with it. It just made me think of Mumford and Sons. Yeah. The one with Fred, Red Fox? Yeah. Oh, great show. The Mumpsis. <laughs> Some words are all. What's a mummy's favorite underwear? Fruit of the tomb. Ancient Egyptian curse and marriage proposal 6969 BCE. The planet Earth that Universal Studios apparently owns turns into a copyright symbol made out of mummy bandages. Some numbers are all 69 AD, parentheses England, question mark. Some extras wearing medieval armor put a red gem on some CG in a mummy case. They look out at us and shrug. Beside me, a mummy stands up, pumps its fist, and goes, Nile! Yep. That's for you, Dingus. Yeah. There's more where that came from. <laughs> Better not be. Some words are all modern day, parentheses, opening weekend for the mummy. Some extras wearing mining helmets and hazmat suits wander around a sewer filled with Egyptian dirt. One walks up to Russell Crowe and goes, Sir, we found a bunch of mummies on nights. This is London. By the way, my wife thought that in virtuosity you weren't acting. Crow heads of an envelope and goes, Here, I believe that will answer your plot-related questions. The miner opens it and goes, La La Land! Crow grabs it away irritably and gives him another one. The miner opens it and goes, It's empty! Crow smiles, and while flashbacks show us corresponding music videos, walks away going, Yes, 5,000 years ago, the Egyptian princess Omenemomenemomenet was going to be queen. But then her parents had a baby boy, as you can see here. So to get revenge on all of humanity, she made a deal with Set, the god of death, to turn a bunch of people into mummies, but also herself, by having sex with this guy, then killing him with this knife, this red stone. Simple, really. We see an ancient Egyptian lady stab an off-screen baby CG to death and straddle a guy she's having sex with. Suddenly, some extras run in and shoot darts at her, which apparently immobilizes mummies. The miners all, why revenge on all humanity? Crows all, shh. Then as you can see from this footage, the priest mummified her alive, put her in a mummy case, then transported her painstakingly into London, then buried her again. Then one of them left and the rest of them left. The ultimate revenge. Against one who wanted revenge. Against humanity. Forgiving her. A younger brother. Yeah, I don't think you understand what revenge means. Or she does it. By the way, you're my wife's 80th favorite Robin Hood. And least favorite Noah. Timberlake walks on screen and goes, Also, maybe drop the the and just call it mummy. It's cleaner. Some words are all Mesopotamia, the cradle of civilization, a.k.a. Iraq. Some Arab extras in turban shoot some statues and giggle. <laughs> a bearded guy next to Tom Cruise grinning with binoculars watching from a nearby ridge is all, Boy, who knew this ancient tomb you fucked a blonde girl to get the map to was also an armed camp? <sighs> Guess we should wait a few minutes till they leave. Sitting beside me in the theater, Tom Cruise nudges me and goes, Guess who's looking through those binoculars? 
on screen, Tom Cruise lowers his binoculars. It's him. <laughs> he winks at us. He's all, gotcha. It's really me. We're in a turban. Plenty more twists where this came from. <laughs> the Egyptian eating popcorn next to me is all, who? Tom Cruise turns to his friend, slices open his canteen and goes, Gary, we can do this. It's just 60 counterinsurgents with machine guns. Gary's all, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 60's a lot. Does this place have canteens? Plus, I think the counterinsurgents are on our side. Come on, Gary. Where's your spirit of adventure? Are you still gay now? Hey, I know. I can call in airstrikes whenever I want. Let me do that. Maybe it'll scare a couple of them off screen for a minute. Cruz rolls his eyes. Airstrikes are stupid. We're not looters. We're liberators. You heard Ashcroft. Now, come on. Let's just do the old in out like that night in the back of your uncle's pickup. Cut to them scrambling, giggling through alleys, getting shot at by Arabs while comical music plays. That's what that war machine was going to be like, by the way. <laughs> it kind of was, just with one yeah, guy, though. Yeah. yeah. Any sacks? That's what the poster evokes to me. As they run from bullets, Gary's all, You call this in and out? More like Burger King! <laughs> Tom Cruise shoots a couple Iraqis, smokes at us, and leads Gary out onto a rooftop while everybody in the village shoots badly at them. Tom Cruise is all, Gary, I got a line here. I think, I think... I can't wait to see where this line goes. I think we're both going to die in this scene. We're not even going to get to the mummy. <laughs> Suddenly, an off-screen airstrike blows up a few Arabs and then leaves again. <laughs> Gary's all, oh, jeepers, I guess I called in an airstrike. Tom Cruise stands at points laughing at all the shrieking figures and burning body parts in the street and goes, you've just been Mortoned, because my character's name in this franchise is Nick Morton in Indiana Jones <laughs> Millennials. Although my skill isn't fighting, it's running screaming from CG. Gary stands up and triumphantly screams, My character's comically glad he's still alive for a couple more scenes. <laughs> Suddenly the roof under them shifts a little, which would make his light ironic if it had harmed him. Instead, it exposes a giant stone face of someone yawning. <laughs> Tom Cruise is all, Look, it's the yawning tomb of the famous Egyptian sheep pharaoh. <laughs> I knew when I saw her name, I knew I had to steal the map. I told you it was where the big red X is on the blonde chick's boob. Gary's all, yes. Suddenly a bunch of army guys show up in jeeps and tanks. A black guy in camo gets out of one of those things and goes, damn it, Cruz. You're lucky we don't care about the airstrike or anything. I think we work for this blonde woman who's a fake archaeologist. A blonde woman gets out of a helicopter, punches Tom Cruise in the face and goes, that's for having sex with me map for 15 seconds. Tom Cruise is all, what? <laughs> 15 seconds? How dare you? It was more like 12. Sergeant, please inform Mr. Cruise I'm passive-aggressively speaking to you through him for this line. I mean, Cruise, my name's Mr. Morton in this. Mort, for short. Since Nick's not short for anything. By the way, my uh, Tom Cruise's last name in RL is Mapother the Fourth, which also shortens to Mort. He points at the Iraqi bodies in the alley shot earlier and goes, Hey, look, these guys are almost dead. The angry black man in camo's all, Damn it, you assholes, I'm trying to take Fallujah. I'm afraid this isn't a war movie, General, so I demand you lower me into this pit that statue's yawning at in a grappling wire. 
The black guy checks his astrolabe and goes, Well, we do have a sandstorm incoming in a few minutes. And bogeys. Okay, Cruz, since you and your beard friend here are self-confessed thieves and idiots who just blew up a village due to your greed, you're both going down there also. And none of my guys to keep an eye on you. (laughs) He snickers triumphantly and stomps off. They're lowered into the pit past the yawning face till nothing happens. As they land in some dirt, Tom Cruise is all, ha-ha! By the way, blonde character, thought of this on the way down. Now that you punched me in the face, our bodies have officially touched 16 seconds. Ha-ha-ha! <laughs> gotcha! Gary's all, my character's scared and dumb! <laughs> the blonde woman stares at some sand, then goes, wait, this isn't a tomb, it's a prison! Cruise is all. No one said it was a tomb. Try and listen more. Like I told Marley Matlin on Children of a Lesser God. Gary's all. You weren't in that. Cruise stares at some reaction shots of ropes going across the ground, high in the air, down some stuff, up some other stuff, then pulls out his gun and shoots the rope that's been right in front of his face the whole time. Off screen. A bunch of CG rumbles. A giant stone sphincter opens. Giant stone heads separate giant stone haunches. Then the wall shits out a mummy case that lands right in front of them. Suddenly, Tom Cruise hallucinates that a brunette woman in white makeup CG is doing nothing in slow motion. The blonde girl punches him in the face again and goes, I said tell that black character to tell the army to come down here and get this mummy case on ropes and also get a plane for us to put it in and then pull us up also. Or he'll have to explain why he left me here. Tom Cruise is all, tell who what? Then he doesn't do it. The black guy, instead of taking the blonde girl up on her offer or just radioing his superiors, we didn't bring the blonde girl back because she was being an idiot in the cave. For some reason, <laughs> instead, hauls the bubby case up on ropes as directed. <laughs> some annoyed-looking extras in army uniforms wheel the bubby case aboard a fortunately nearby cargo plane that Cruise and his dumb friends also board while takes off through some sand CG. While the plane flies nowhere, the blonde girl flashes Tom Cruise, a tight close-up of what I think is her armpit. <laughs> Beside me, Ingus stands up, pumps his fist, and goes, Old Spice! <laughs> I never... Only Star Trek's nice. God! <laughs> That's the only nice thing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> none, of those, none of this ever happened. I don't know what... Out of a cloud because it went into a cloud in the first Star Trek. Rathika it comes out of a cloud and, and into darkness, and that really affected you emotionally. <laughs> it could happen. Wincing at the armpit, Tom Cruise turns away and into his cell phone motors. Damn it, Ron! You promised me this was going to be a remake of The Fly. <laughs> kind of big. He hangs up angrily, then turns to Gary and goes, "Or at least the blob. I was born for that role." Gary's all, your phone's turned off. Suddenly, a giant bug crawls from the mummy case into Gary's ear. His mouth hangs open and his eyes turn white. No one notices or cares. (laughs) Such is everyone's affection and respect for Gary. (laughs) The blonde girl sits down beside Cruz and goes, I'm still upset at you for stealing my map and fucking me. Cruz is all, I regret the map part. She's all, how would you like it if someone stole your life? He's all, she runs away sobbing. (laughs) It's not acting. Cruz rolls his eyes, nudges Gary and goes, blondes, huh, Gary? Suddenly Gary stands up, goes over and stabs the black army guy in the stomach (laughs) seven (laughs) times. 
Dingus, yes. wasn't that Seaman Beaumont? No, it's Seaman Jones. Oh. Damn it, I'm not a Seaman no more. <laughs> it's Mr. T. As he crumbles Mr. to his Mr. knees, Jones, black... Were you just baiting? Did, did you just bait me, Tom? Were you just no, no, no? Me? I really was wondering if that was. I just it just occurred to me. Courtney B. Vance. Oh, he's in that submarine, that uh, uh, Crimson Tide thing that Dingus likes. It's Seaman Beaumont or whatever. Did you just think yeah. oh, Crimson Tide? You guys. Ugh. He baited you, uh, idiocracy wise. <laughs> <laughs> and he crumples to his knees. The black soldiers all. If only my character knew how to fight. Ugh. His white friends in camo all draw their guns to shoot Gary. Tom Cruise is all, what the? You'd shoot Gary over one superior officer? <laughs> he draws a pistol from somewhere and raises it at them. In keeping with their training, the soldiers all look at each other in confusion with their guns drawn. <laughs> Cruise is all, that's right. Do the math, boys. <laughs> John Spadus. Spates. Were you spading me, Tom? Gary, since he now serves the will of a lady mummy with designs on Tom, begins to try to stab Tom to death, <laughs> but lamely. <laughs> Irritably avoiding the knife stabs, cruises all. Gary, don't worry, buddy. Where's your spirit of adventure? He shoots him. Ah, fuck, sorry. That was an accident. He shoots him two more times. Okay, uh, that second one's also an accident. Third time, he's just trying to polish off the, uh, what's this called, the magazine? He shoots Gary a couple more times. All right, so that time, the first bullet. Suddenly, a cloud of black CG attacks the plane's windshield, so it goes into a tailspin. I look over at Moses playing Christian Bale sitting beside me and go, looks like the mummy called it an airstrike. <laughs> Moses is playing Christian Bale? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't know he was an actor. <laughs> when he's younger. <laughs> let, let people go. It's like he's playing Edward G. Robinson in the Ridley Scott one. And R Edward G. Robinson was the Pharaoh in the Heston one. Anyway, Moses is all – he says something about cubits. As the plane nosedives, <laughs> screaming soldiers start flying out the suddenly open door. <laughs> Why is it open again? So it hits it. No one tries to help anyone, but Tom and the blonde girl bounce off the ceiling and walls till a parachute lands near them. <laughs> Tom's all, here you go. He puts it on her. She's all, why don't we hug and parachute together? That might be exciting and romantic. He opens the shoe on. He opens the chute on her, which since she's still in the interior of the plane, should just drape limply and then suck her backwards into a bulkhead, but instead just makes her go off screen. <laughs> uh, what are those guys called? Airborne. Great wand. Thank you. Uh, the plane lands safely, but as a practical joke, no one tells Tom. <laughs> When he wakes up, he's in a plastic bag at a morgue. He's off. Not again. He unzips himself, looks at his toe tag, then does nothing till the door opens and the blonde girl and some doctors come to stare at him. <laughs> Cruises all. Blonde character. Extras in medical smocks. I just had an erotic dream in slow motion about a brunette woman trying to whisper gibberish at me. It wasn't bad. Uh, I somehow still haven't noticed I'm naked yet for like 20 seconds now. Guess I can't feel temperature. The blonde girl and he go to a bar to celebrate Gary's death. 
as they drink margaritas, <laughs> the blonde girls all, my character's feelings towards you remain underdeveloped. <laughs> incident notwithstanding. <laughs> but deep down, I believe there's good in you because you welcome death on a plane. Speaking of which, we've angered the gods. Tom Cruise is all, hey, look what I can do. He stares at her knobs. They both turn into Gary's face. He screams and runs into the women's bathroom. The blonde girl sighs affectionately, then looks down and goes, hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. The Gary boobs yawn like the statue. In the women's bathroom, Tom Cruise stares in the mirror at his reflection, which also turns into Gary. Cruise is all, oh, I get it. American werewolf. Right. I'm turning into a mummy's boyfriend, so you're going to say interesting things to me from beyond the grave, like cool, witty things. Gary shrugs. Behind them, a toilet flushes, and it's all someone lights a match. Gary's all, here we are in a women's bathroom, just like old times. I'm comically upset you shot me. A bunch of women try to come in, including the mother and sister of the black soldier Gary stabbed. Cruz tricks them by yelling at them and shutting the door, so they have no choice but to wait. Tom Cruise comes back to the mirror and goes, so any advice for me, Gary? Gary shrugs. From a urinal, a peeing old man's all, hey, your friend's case. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually equally dumb. Hey, your friend's case is in the urinal cake here, too. <laughs> fake. The case fake. <laughs> People listen to this and seek me out to write. Just think about it when you think about that one. Cruz screams and runs out into an alley where a bunch of rats attack him. He somehow gets out of this and walks up to the blonde woman on the street. He's all, you were right. I am possessed by Egyptian CG. Let's go to a sewer where a red stone is. The supernatural woman trying to kill me should be there. She's all, yes. The invisible man comes over to me again. Johnny Depp's Invisible Man leans over to me and goes, bandages aren't scary. I go, neither CG. Cruz runs around an old church till some zombie cops capture him and pin him on his back to a stone table while the mummy lady sits on his lap and raises a stone knife over her head. I look over at the Stargate sitting beside me and go, still interested. <laughs> the mummy brings her knife down, but for no given reason loses interest at the last second. Suddenly the blonde woman walks in and goes, Cruz, we need to go back to the bar. Gary's reflection refuses to leave the women's bathroom. <laughs> Tom Cruise is all, blonde character, run! <laughs> Everybody runs around till Tom and the blonde girl get in the car and try to trick the mummy by driving away. Tom Cruise is all, hey, Ben Diesel taught me this. He crashes the car into a tree. The mummy walks towards them slowly. It's her superpower. Tom Cruise is all, I meant watch this. He tries to attack the mummy with a tire iron and then trips over something and breaks his back. So the mummy yawns and keeps walking slowly. Suddenly, Russell Crowe and some Navy SEALs show up and shoot darts into the mummy and the blonde girl. Tom falls asleep naturally. <laughs> Wakes up. <laughs> I was really worried they were going to die. Fat Russell Crowe's all, Hello, Tom. I'm 19th century literary character Henry Jekyll. Well, I think Universal got 1930s monster movies mixed up with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. My superpower is this. 
Some vein is in his face pop, so he ejects CG into his head. <laughs> the blonde girl's all. Tom, I have a confession to make. I don't know anything about archaeology. I'm really a super spy for this organization here that fights evil. Our name's Prometheum. She raises her head and tries to make the Star Trek symbol a few different ways. She's still at it and starting to panic while Tom Cruise scowls and goes, Wait, so that map wasn't your life? You just said that earlier to make me feel bad? She shrugs. Tom Cruise turns to the mummy and goes, And you, you killed a male heir in ancient times to seize a throne? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and your stepfather's friend? The mummy's all, It was different times. Like the 1930s and this movie. The Santifreeze feels annoying. She yawns. Tom tells Crow's lackeys to stop, just stop, but they ignore him. Crow <laughs> takes him into his office. <laughs> he says like he's done something. Crow takes Tom Cruise into his office and goes, All right, good news, Tom. We can save you, but only by dissecting you once you're dead and putting the pieces in a refrigerator. That's what I meant by save. If you do a bunch of random shit with the redstone at the end of the movie. But I prefer the first way. You understand. But why did the mummy pick me? Why is her taste in men so terrible? Blonde girl, the mummy, shrug. Crows all, oh, it's been three minutes already. Ugh, how this movie's running time flies. Now, if you excuse me, I need to eject myself with the CG in this can opener. I turn into a raving murderer. I might be a strange choice to run an organization for the government, but it's Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Cruz is all raving murderer that's who I want to debate exposition with he grabs away Russell Crowe's syringe and since Crowe is much stronger than Cruz Crowe's unable to retrieve it and starts turning <laughs> into CG the blonde girl's all don't worry Tom I know just what to do I saw it in life and alien covenant she runs out and locks Cruz in the room with the rampaging monster and watches curiously through the glass <laughs> Classic 2017 movie trope. Uh, eventually, Cruz tricks Crow by injecting him in the chest with the can opener. Even though chests aren't known for the size of their veins, this works. Meanwhile, out in the garage, since no one's watching the dangerous mummy in the center of the room, and she's not in the cell, and all the guys typing computers in the same room all have desks turned conveniently away from her. <laughs> she's fine. We know all about her. Do you know those darts took her? <laughs> she uses her mind to send bug CG into a guy's ear <laughs> which they know she can do I thought <laughs> she already done that if they were wearing headsets the mummy would be powerless <laughs> <laughs> too bad those don't exist as the mummy somehow realizes she needs to do, this makes the guy use his computer to unclick the antifreeze app and click a window that says vomit. <laughs> the mummy throws up CG, breaks loose, takes the unguarded knife located helpfully nearby, kills dozens with vomit and knife, walks outside, then summons a sandstorm that consumes London, killing thousands. Then she goes into the sewer to go find the red stone, which for some reason is still down there. Tom Cruise comes out of Crow's office, goes outside, surveys the carnage, piles of Londoner bodies, Sandra's choking the skyline in all directions, and goes, and all I did was shoot a rope. The 
blonde woman. It's all, Tom, the mummy's taking over a cave in the sewer. Time's running out. Crow's all, I'm not in the rest of the movie. He walks off screen. <laughs> the blonde girl looks at Tom and goes, I believe in you. She walks off screen. Cruz is all, fine. He walks down a train tunnel for a bit and goes, hope this is the right direction. <laughs> Suddenly, Gary's ghost appears. Gary's all, the mummy's going to kill that blonde girl I guess you're now in love with. Awesome. I hate her now. Wait, you're evil now? Gary shrugs and vanishes. The blonde girl walks on screen and goes, don't worry, I'm here. Was that Gary? Did you tell him I said hi? Cruz stares at her and goes, you're really smothering me. At least the mummy's a breadwinner. <laughs> Suddenly a train shows up, but they outsmart it. Then they swim under some water while zombies in frogman gear chase them. Some actual frogman from Creature of the Black Lagoon watch tiredly. When Tom emerges from the water, he finds the blonde girl is lying on some wet rocks nearby, fetchingly dead. The mummy walks on screen <laughs> laughing. She's all, it seems your friend forgot to hold a breath. <laughs> There's a little bailing going on there. <laughs> it's Russian bailing bad acting. I'm sure she had a wonderful plan to deal with me. What was it? Cruz shrugs. The mummy sticks the red to the dagger and tries to stab him with it as usual, but since she's much stronger than Tom, she fails. Suddenly, Tom grabs the knife away somehow and goes, I know, I've been thinking about this movie's rule set the whole time, and I've found an ingenious solution. He stabs himself in the stomach with the knife, which the mummy was already trying to do. <laughs> Spate. Guys, I figured out the third act. You're going to love it. <laughs> Take that, Lindelof. <laughs> Fucking hack. Didn't they work together on Prometheus? Wasn't that yeah. both of them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, Spates is, is bitter about that, I see. Yeah. Well, he's cocky. Cocky slash bitter. The red stone loses interest. Tom sucks the life out of the mummy, then breathes 5,000-year-old dust CG up the blonde girl's nose. She gasps awake and goes, Tom, you did it! But now you're a monster. Or rather, an immortal human with CG face. I knew you had one of those things deep in your heart. But we can never be together. I hope we'll still be colleagues, though. It'll be fun. I have a lot of cool abilities and traits besides map losing. This movie just didn't have time to get into them. <laughs> Tom resides in the shadows now, so we can't see what he looks like. That was way off the movie. Even though he doesn't know what he looks like. He's all, yes. When she keeps looking, stop. <laughs> I'll save my best lines for the sequel. <laughs> Dissolve to... While Tom and Gary ride camels towards some pyramids to do nothing, Russell Crowe's voiceover is all, Yep, you're welcome. Well, that I didn't make this connection sooner, given my own issues is perplexing, but to fight a monster, you have to have a monster on your super team. Yeah, see? Didn't think of that, eh? Rides me, I mean. There are many better, more certain methods, but they're not as franchise friendly. Stride his camel, Gary's all. Hey, Tom, thanks for somehow bringing me back to life. Wasn't my body vaporized in the plane crash? Uh, also, do you want to bring the black guy back that I stabbed to death? <laughs> also? Fuck you, Gary. Where's your spirit adventure? Jesus. As they ride, Tom's camel's hooves kick up a cloud of brown CG that follows them everywhere like pig pads. Tom's all, look, Gary, my new superpower, gathering dust. 
Take that, vampires. Gary, as usual, has no comeback. Ahead of them, the pyramid CG looks triangular. Some words tell me the names of all the CG <laughs> technicians that turned down Wonder Woman. <laughs> I wait for Easter eggs. There aren't any. The end. <laughs> I know, right? Why? What the? You're sp- that's not I how you do it, it, Universal. Hey, we didn't get our Easter. Want- None of this is how you do it, Universal. <sighs> I couldn't believe it. And and thought, me, and, me and several other people in the audience, too. We all were chumps. We sat through the whole credits, uh, and we all looked at each other like, well, we're idiots. We just got played. As if there was any evidence that they would, like, go the extra mile for us. <laughs> even even King Kong did that. Yeah. Kong Skull Island had some nonsense in there. This universe. I don't get the dark universe. I'm a little b- baffled by it. Well, Kelly, no, I think. Totally baffled. By I don't it. think you'll have to get it anymore. It doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it's going to take off. Uh, it's so it's still doing Bride of Frankenstein next, and Johnny Depp's The Invisible Man. Like they, I'm assuming they shelled out all this money if they announced no, it. Nope, nope, so it doesn't have to die. But it yep. played it made 150 overseas. So does that matter? Like they'll go Dark Universe. They don't, know, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I, I can't uh, believe that this would they, even happen. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. All right, so what what they're doing is Bride of Frankenstein is slated for 2019. Bill Condon is attached to it, and they are in talks with Angelina Jolie, but she doesn't. She's not committed firmly enough. She's leaving herself an out for maybe scheduling that she didn't show up for the. I don't know if it was Vanity Fair or whatever, but Universal. Actually, I don't even think it was for a publication. It was just still Universal released of. Uh, some of the cast members from this, uh, Javier Bardem and Johnny Depp, showed up because they are – and they're, th- none of this is on a schedule. They are tentatively supposed to be uh, Frankenstein and the Invisible Man, respectively. Uh, so Universal does what? have open, open slots in 2019 and 2020 that the assumption has been they'll be plugging Dark Universe movies into this. Bride of Frankenstein is slated for uh, earlier in 2019, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if no more of it happens. Like there are some very yeah. unhappy people at Universal this weekend. Um, what so, were they thinking? It's, it's shitty writing. Did they even notice that? I mean, Marvel thinking, puts a little effort. What they, what they were thinking is that Fast and Furious, Jurassic World, and uh, the Minions franchises right, cocky. Yeah. can only get them so far, and you need to constantly cycle Jurassic in. Jurassic World franchises. taught them bad habits. That's my opinion. Uh, well, I mean, you, you've got it. You know, you, you're trying. You try new franchises, and they've got this catalog of of 30s monsters that they hoped there might be some nostalgia or some buzz about. Uh, they hoped they could revive it, maybe in the same way that hey, comic books suddenly became popular. Maybe their goofy Wolfman and whatever from the 30s would take off again. But uh, this is not the way to do it because all they've done is given us a pretty subpar Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. This was, and let me go first because you guys have the uh, dingus. It's your three by three next week. Kelly Wanda tears today. So, uh, my, uh, I, yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to do with this, but Universal's obvious intent was we're going to make a big old Tom Cruise movie, and that'll get people excited. The problem was they made a mummy movie, and what can you do with a mummy movie? Mummies are, you know, what is scary about mummies? I love horror, and I love thinking about it and examining. You know, why does this what does this represent? What what what's the point of this horror and that horror and this type of monster and this genre? Mummies are done. It's over. Nothing is scary about Egyptian ruins anymore. And the whole idea They're ill defined. 
the whole idea that corpses are creepy has shifted over to zombies, and that's what mummies originally were. It's like, what if you found in a tomb a body and you took it out, and isn't that creepy? That's now zombies. You know, mummies have been displaced, and maybe you can also play with this idea that there are curses that come from you know breaking the, these these ancient kings' tombs. Uh, but but mummies, it's, it was a, it was an ill-advised choice. Uh, and I think they thought, well, nobody's really, you know, the Stephen Summers things kind of took off and those. So I think maybe they were trying to hope that that kind of thing was going to happen. So my under and over are basically movies that try to do something with mummies. Uh, my over is a, a horror movie from a couple of years ago called The Pyramid. And it was written and directed by Alexander Aja's writing partner who worked on him, who worked on High Tension with him, uh, The Hills Have Eyes remake, uh, both of which I really like. Uh, and this guy, his name is Gregory Levassier. He's part of this French n- new wave of horror. Uh, he did a movie called The Pyramid, which is not very good. It's way, way better than this, though. Uh, the Pyramid is a standard horror movie that basically plays with this idea that what if these – uh, archaeologists find a pyramid, and inside it's a death trap, and maybe there's some sort of ancient curse or a supernatural guardian or something. It's like what if Tomb Raider, you know, the video games, was a horror movie? That was their approach. It's kind of haunted house with these gruesome deaths, and there's, there were even a couple of really good deaths in it. Uh, and there's some cool CG stuff at the end. It had Dennis O'Hare, who I really like, as the the professor. A super hot chick named Ashley Hinshaw was the like lead character as a hot chick archaeologist. Uh, and it's just a dopey horror movie set in a pyramid where they thought, hey, how can we make these trappings of ancient Egypt scary again? And Gregory Lavoisier, I think, had a decent answer for it that I don't want to give away. But it's kind of a creature feature that knows that mummies shuffling around in bandages are dumb and are, are <laughs> they're obsolete. So that's my or over. Gen- uh, or what? Were Egyptians uh, scared of mummies even? Uh, well, they, you know, they, uh, they, they, they actually, you know, you've got to. Uh, I found it weird, by the way, that this movie decided to. It needed to shift things to Iraq, and I wonder if it was trying to somehow be politically relevant. Or that was so weird. The cool thing about uh, the pyramid is it opens acknowledging stuff about the Arab Spring going on in, in Egypt. Uh, so at least it has this awareness of Egypt, and it doesn't have this. Well, Egypt is boring. Let's go over to Iraq instead. Uh, that this movie did, which I thought was really odd. Um, yeah. So it's my and under. Then try to do this weird conflation with the Taliban destroying the. And the Crusades. (laughs) Yeah, the Crusades, right. All these, like, I'm sure someone somewhere along the line thought that these were really cool, trenchant political points to include. Have nothing in common and aren't organized here in any way. So, my under, I actually tried to watch, I have no stomach for these, I don't know what I was expecting, The Mummy from 1932. And, oh my God. Carla? Yeah, people didn't I don't remember it at all. I really forget. Well, people didn't know how to make movies back then. But is people, it James Whale? No, good lord. It's uh, 1932? I can't imagine. It was actually, I didn't recognize the name. It was not James Whale, though, because I know who that is. Uh, but it wasn't, they hadn't invented letterboxing yet. So it's like square aspect ratio, and uh-huh. the mummy is just a dude in pancake makeup. And right. after, after one scene, I swear to God, one scene. He loses all of his bandages. He puts on a fez and a dress, and he walks around talking to people and tricking them. Like you do. Terrifying. He doesn't, like, ever choke or stalk anyone. He just does, like, mummy voodoo from his own room. 
Like he makes some old guy have a heart attack way across town. He's not even there, which, you know, that's just not much different from dying anyway. Or old, you have a heart attack. It's it's kind of like like he hypnotizes people. The heroine who – it's kind of like this. Like they're – like he's trying to win over this woman, but she's this reincarnated version of a woman he knew before or whatever. But the heroine in this movie – and I guess this is what it was like in 1932. She's like somebody's frumpy mom. Like that's what was supposed to be a hot chick back in 1932. So – Mummy in 1932. I don't know what's going on with that. It's it, it, that's what people think of as classics. It makes no sense to me. So that is my under. I would rather sit through the Tom Cruise the Mummy again than try to figure out why this 1932 thing is supposed to be classic. Mm. All right. So that's my over under. Uh, Dingus, you're next. What's a movie that's? What do you think of this movie? That's slightly better and a movie that's just not quite as good. All right. So. Um... Boy, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie, actually, but more along the lines of what the hell, what the hell they were thinking about in creating a dark universe. Because I think there's a great, I think there's a there's a great amount of potential there. It, they just weren't bold. I mean, it becomes a pale shadow of the Marvel universe instead. It's just a pale shadow universe. It's not a dark universe. Um, so for me, I I I think that the very basic problem with this movie is also the thing I like about it the most. I mean, I, I, it's really hard not to love Tom Cruise. It's hard not to get kind of get sucked into his way. charm. Um, but these are uh, my over and under are movies where we're attempting to have Tom Cruise play a bad guy, but failing. Um, so my over would be collateral um, where he's, Sort of playing a bad guy, but I think it's a better movie than this. And my under would be Interview with a Vampire, where he's supposedly playing Lestat, um, and I think absolutely failing. <laughs> Who directed so that? I, uh, Neil Jordan Frears or someone? Oh God, Neil Jordan, really? Yeah. I think, well, maybe not. Maybe Michael not Mann did Collateral. I always wonder if Nicole Kidman what she thinks when she watches Collateral, because she. <laughs> She's with Jamie Foxx now. Because I think the basic problem with with this movie, if this is going to be the platform on which you create your dark universe, if if you're not going to be able to go all total evil with the main character yeah, and you have to just wink and nod at us and have him be jaunty evil, you failed. You <laughs> failed. Jaunty yeah. evil. Iron Man. Right. Jaunty evil. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Kelly Wand, what's an over and under? Uh, I can tell you. I guess my over is. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't even. I don't like the Frasier ones either, although I remember um, in the first one, there's one really good idea in the first Brendan Fraser movie where the mummy is stealing body parts from other people to replace its stuff. So it like, steals this guy's eyes, and it has this guy's eyes in his Head. And his tongue, he takes his yeah, tongue, takes the tongue, and then he suck, and then he just starts sucking life force out of people. Yeah, yeah, then right. That's the thing is the mummy's powers are very ill-defined, and if he, and the fact that if his if his superpower in the '30s was causing heart attacks from a distance, that <laughs> no, it's weird. There's nothing, but I mean, from my overs, I guess American Werewolf because. I remember not giving a shit about werewolves till I saw it and went, oh, my God, these monsters are great. It's like it was a very um, 
it was a scary movie. Like it kind of freaked me out when I saw it as a kid. And, and well, I'm bummed that kids today have to deal with the mummy instead of things like that. Like I saw that movie when I was 12 and it was really exciting. What were you saying? It, it had, a, I mean, John Landis had a clear sense of tone with that and what to yeah. do with these old antiquated monster tropes and how to update them and make them kind of like relevant and scary. And, you know, the Rick Baker stuff and all the stuff with Griffin yeah. Dunn was really subversive. And, and funny. That, that Muppet dream or that, that dream where the family's watching the Muppet yeah. show and the, those yeah. monsters burst in. That's amazing stuff. Like, yeah. that's great horror movie stuff. Uh, yeah, comedy horror is never successful except then. It's like plus perfect. Kelly Wand. Uh, Jenny Agutter, naked. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. All right, so this is this was almost as good as American Werewolf in London. You're saying? <laughs> uh, I can't. Uh, there's a there's a softcore porn movie called Mummy's Kiss with a brunette in it that's really cute that I I liked more than this. It's like just <laughs> above it because there's other women I don't like as much. And then I guess my under would be the third Mummy with Maria Bello, where um, it's like Curse of the Mummy cursed the Jade Scorpion or something. I don't even know what that is. What with Maria Bello? Is it yes, one of the, the Stephen Summers? Yeah, yeah, it's the last. Oh, okay. One. And yeah, he's in it, and they like high five each other, like high fiving Yetis and shit. <laughs> That's worse than this. This movie has one sequence in it I actually enjoyed, and I, I kind of I like perked up for a little bit. I really liked everything on the plane. Yeah. I was really, I was, the characters were like actually freaking out and it, it, it like ramped up really fast. He was like, what the fuck? And then he just stabs that guy. And then Tom's like, what? And then I liked how it ended. And I thought that was great. And then it gets to England and just, there's no, this writing is so shitty. I just don't understand why they don't care about writing. It's like the fastest, cheapest part to fix of a movie. And they still just don't even give a shit. Now, I, I'm not – I mean I think we know better by now that what happens when you get all these writers on board and studio notes, and especially because they're yeah. trying to launch a franchise, this thing must have just been yanked back and forth and notes and changes, yeah. and I, I cannot imagine. I mean Universal just must have been so hands-on with this. So I'm yeah. not surprised it's terrible writing because it's definitely writing by committee, and you're right, Kelly Wan. There are bits like that, that, that plane sequence, and I liked some of the early creature effects, and – there, yeah. there are some decent things here, but nobody – there's no connective tissue, and when no. it's when it just falls apart, it's just a mess, and you forget about any decent scenes that might have had potential. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised that it has bad writing. What I'm surprised about – and Dingus, I'm, I specifically am surprised you said this. You said it's hard not to like Tom Cruise, and for the most part, Dingus, I agree with you because I didn't even care for um, uh, uh, lived – out. no, I can't believe I'm calling oh, it. I love Edge. Part. Edge, Edge, of of Tomo- Edge of Tomorrow. I was the guy amongst us who probably liked that least, but I still liked watching Tom Cruise in it, playing kind of a weasel who becomes a non-weasel or, or whatever. Like he, I agree with you on that one, Dingus. Is it's hard not to love Tom Cruise, and I felt that way watching Edge of Tomorrow, even though I didn't like it, and I felt, hey, I want more of this Emily Blunt chick. Get off of the screen, Tom Cruise. This Dingus, I didn't have any of that for him. I just was so uh. kind of put out and unengaged. So I, I'm a little surprised, Dingus, to hear you say that that you still had. This this affection for Tom Cruise, which I, I just didn't have any of that. And I don't know if it's just maybe I've, I've lost patience with him. I don't know if it's something specific no, to this it's movie. Just, 
because in in the Mission Impossible movies, he's like really annoyed all the time, and it makes me really love his character. Like that, that and I, I like Tom Cruise when he's annoyed. And this movie lent itself to that kind of an arc, but he's not the same in it. He's not annoyed in this well, movie. Trying, I mean, Dingus is jaunty yeah, evil is such a great line because they are definitely trying to make him the the rapscallion, lovable rogue. Yeah. Uh, Model, I think, is there's a series of video games called Uncharted, which is, of course, based on the Indiana Jones stuff. And they they take Indiana Jones and make him a more kind of conventionally handsome, contemporary, wisecracking hero who's a scoundrel. And I, and I think that's what they were trying to do with Tom Cruise. And I – In Iraq. And I don't know that it, it really fits what Tom Cruise does. It just felt right. forced um, – so, so Dingus, you you did apparently like some of what he was doing. Like you, you still had that sort of enthusiasm for watching it when he was running. By the way, I'm like, yep, look at him run. Let's have more of that. But then there was there was no more running after the Iraq thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so Dingus, explain explain yourself. You you're still on board with Tom Cruise, whereas me and Kelly Wan want to break up with him. Only not, I, you know, not permanent break Kelly. up. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, like, I'm not gonna break up with Tom Cruise, but this movie definitely. It was way beneath him compared to any of his recent work. What do you mean That's it's all. way beneath him? I mean, he's, well, he's he's trying to pilot a franchise. I mean, he's basically trying to be the Captain America or Iron Man of this franchise. That's what he's trying yeah, but it's to do the here. Money. It's not. But, he's, it's not beneath him. He's trying to. He's trying to commandeer a universe, <laughs> which is what they're trying to do. I mean, they're trying to create a whole platform. They're trying to right. do what Marvel does, and and he's Tom okay. Cruise is like, let me be, let me be on the ground floor of that. Maybe, but in his movies, I always get the sense that he's he wants to be seen doing cool things at least, like in Mission Impossible, and he's doing his own stunts and all mm-hmm. that. Like, I, I didn't get any sense of like risk or commitment to the character in this, or like interest in mummies, or like pathos. Well, no, he's a. I'm real into this woman. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sacrifice my life for her. There's none of that for me. <laughs> Right, oh, I know what okay. you're saying. I guess, but like his other movies are, they do, they're like franchise launchers too. But he seems more invested in them. He didn't seem very like he gave a shit that he was in this when he was during on screen. I think he gives a shit, but he can't commit to what the actual yeah, character the- should demand, and that's full on evil. And they don't understand that they're creating the dark universe. They're creating the other side of what marvel is creating they don't understand what they should be doing for the whole universe and they've cast him and he can't be unlikable he can't allow himself to be unlikable he can allow himself to be annoying from time to time (laughs) he can allow himself to be uh i don't know uh a little bit incompetent from time to time but he cannot allow himself to be total evil um and I think that that's the basic problem with this. It was so jarring to have the scene with him and, and Jake Johan. Uh, by the way, by I the am, way, most of the most of the movie, I thought it was Oscar Isaac. No, I, Dingus. I, okay, thank God, because I was going to say for an embarrassing amount of time in this movie, I thought I was watching Oscar Isaac play the sidekick. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Dingus. It wasn't. I cannot tell Tom, you. <laughs> it wasn't just for m- most of the movie. It was after the movie. I was not going to admit that. I was Me like, too. Alexandra. I thought I, – because I loved their chemistry a little bit, and I'm like, it's weird Oscar Isaac is playing this after being the guy in the X Yeah, the X exactly. Movie. <laughs> Star weird. Wars and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and so I Dingus, totally thought that until I looked up the cast list. 
So here's why. See, you have seen Let's Be Cops, so that's why you should know better. I should know better because I've watched a whole season of The New Girl. I really, really liked really? him in, um, yeah, in uh, well, uh, 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 Zoe Deschanel. Of course, I have. Uh, and I'm I, a fan of I really like World. As embarrassing as that is to say, I should know better. Uh, I really liked him, like no fooling, like as an actual performance in a movie I didn't like called uh, "Safety Not Guaranteed," which was the Jurassic World director. Uh, yeah. He's got a he's got a great bit in that, and I like I like what he's doing there. So I know who Jake Johnson is, and I can't believe I thought that this was Oscar Isaac's the whole time. I'm so ashamed. I'm Thank so you glad much. you said that, Dingus. Kelly, Wan, are you with us? Did you think that you were watching Oscar Isaac? Uh, I thought I was the guy from uh, Zero Dark Thirty. That Dingus thought turned into an ape or a Terminator. <laughs> Jason Clark. All right, yes, so here, because Dingus, you're, you're saying that he can't be unlikable. Here's one of my, I, I think one of the script problems with what you're getting at. The problem in this movie, he's a dupe in this movie. Like yeah. he's the thrall of the zombie, and he Passive. can't he can't be a, a proactive hero. He like even in lived in Edge of Tomorrow, like he's he's having to try and actively do things over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Even though he keeps getting reset, he keeps being frustrated. But here he's been hypnotized. Like he's hypnotized by a hot chick. And he does what she tells him to do, and yeah. I, I think that's that's an issue with with this character, and uh, and also the writing. I, I want to say we're supposed to believe he's a soldier. Like, is yeah. he is he supposed to be like a special ops soldier? Because if so, there's a type for that these days. You know, we know from other movies what contemporary special ops soldiers look like, and Tom Cruise. You know, I'm with Kelly Wand on this, and I think that Tom Cruise just wasn't engaged and didn't commit because I saw someone who I never thought I would see playing a contemporary special ops soldier, and he did a hell of a job. So contemporary special ops guys, they don't wear uniforms. They wear like T-shirts, and they've still got their web gear, those web belts on with their gear. Mm. They're super bulked out. They tend to shave their heads, but they grow big old bushy beards. They almost look like mountain men these days. And in the movie I talked about when we did our War Machine podcast called Sandcastle, uh, there is a small – there's a, a medium-sized part for a special ops commander played by Henry Cavill. And he's almost unrecognizable. He's great in Sandcastle as I think the kind of character that this maybe should have been written for. Like if they're going to put him in Iraq and have him literally fall into a tomb like that, he's just Tom Cruise running around. He's not a soldier. He's not a spec ops guy. I don't know what they were thinking trying to make us believe he was a soldier. Uh, It just felt so out of place. Henry Henry Cavill's character – uh, not quite because Logan Logan Marshall Green is the real uh, heart of that movie. Henry Cavill's kind of a supporting character. Um, but it reminds me of the way that we felt about Army Hammer and Free Fire. Oh, oh no, no, definitely, Dingus. You know what? I, definitely. And when I first saw him come on, it, it, it's not as embarrassing as the Oscar Isaac thing. But when he first came on because of that beard, I was like, wait. Is that Army Hammer again? I know that guy. What do I know him from? And it was literally – it wasn't until the credits rolled that I was like, oh my god, that was Superman. <laughs> so exactly, Dick. It was that kind of thing where – here's Cavill, his character in Men from Uncle was I think what Tom Cruise was supposed to be in this because I liked Henry Cavill's work in Men from Uncle. I don't like the movie, but I thought he was like a charming rogue character. He was doing funny shit with that sandwich and stuff. Well, I – Owen Gleiberman wrote in Variety, and I, I can't – Owen Gleiberman is just not a fan of what stuff – in, in Variety, 
he wrote, uh, and it's kind of clickbait, but I know what he was getting at. He called this a career, quote, meltdown for Trump. And I don't think that's true either. But what he's basically Mm -hmm. saying is that he feels that uh, he obviously has the fondness for Tom Cruise that we have, but he feels that Tom Cruise is, is – it's a melodramatic way of saying he, that Tom Cruise can't really get a franchise going. That he's got too many of them and that he looked kind of lost in this movie. Uh, so Owen Gleiberman suggested he's just throwing franchises at the wall to see what can stick. You know, Mission Impossible, Jack Reacher. But I don't, I don't think that's really fair because that's what – you know, you could say that about Chris Evans. You could have said that at some point about Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's execution that matters. Yeah, well, but I, I do think that there is a distinct there, – there's a difference between what it, what's going on here, partly because of the writing, partly because I, 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 he did look lost to me. There's a difference what's going on yeah. here than what's going on in Mission Impossible and even Jack Reacher. Uh, so yeah. I – I just because even in Jack Reacher and part of it again, Jack Reacher's proactive. Like Jack Reacher goes out yeah. and he makes things get done. Jack Reacher's the kind of guy who would run the way Tom Cruise runs in the beginning of this movie. No mummy is going to hypnotize Jack Reacher. Like it's got that Tom Cruise hook for it that I just don't think exists in this role as written. Um, Jerry then, Maguire, notwithstanding, a Tom Cruise movie where he's stuck on the girl always seems like a bad idea to me. Like it's not, it doesn't play to his strengths because he's kind of like best when he's alone or he acts like pro- he's always alone. The problem is that – and I was thinking about this as I watched a couple other movies of his this week. Is I think that anytime he's in a scene with a girl who ha- where there has to be chemistry, she has to provide all of it. Yeah, oh, that was God. happening here. This girl – this girl can't. <gasps> and, and really he's bad. To, he's I don't to like the character, and I don't like the actress. Oh my god, Dingus, you are in so much trouble. You don't. For, oh, all right. Sorry. Um, what? Go ahead. I'm, I'm just gonna Go sit here and fume for a while. Good fume. What, what's wrong? Because my one of my problems with this too, also starting a franchise, is there, there's no franchise here because all this is is a Tom Cruise movie in which yep. the most interesting character is killed. And all we are left with, and I'll get back to that, is Fat Russell Crowe and whoever the heck that blonde woman was. She was basically – she was capshawing it up, whatever was going on. Yeah. She was the Kate Capshaw of this. I don't know who she oh, was. I thought Where she, she was Allison dutying it up. But okay. Oh, Dingus, you know what? Far better. Exactly, yeah. Dingus. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So so for once – unless you've got another Tom Cruise movie up your sleeve, there's nothing left from this because – I loved Sophia Botella in this. I mean, I love oh, her. Yeah, I like. I didn't mean her. I meant. Oh, thank God, because Dingus, I was. Yeah. We were about to. Ha- we were about to have to. Ha- There's going to be fisticuffs on the. No, on no, the internet, I, I love Sophia Botella. Okay. Because of because of Star Trek. Basically. But the Allison Duty chick you're talking about, right? Okay. I'm talking right. about the Allison Duty chick who who he has to revive, it. and I couldn't care less if he if he revives. Like, let her stay dead. But if if he's like gonna this. if he's if he's gonna like. Mortgage his soul to do that, then let him go full evil. <laughs> well, I, I it was I think it, yeah, it's just so weird that he hides in the shadows and then he's all chummy with non undead Jake Johnson again at the end. Like, why were they putting yeah. that? And it's it's getting – Ding is jaunty evil. I can't think of a better way to put it is they want him to be this conflicted evil character. Oh, but he's still got to be jaunty and good-looking. Where's your sense of adventure? He's learned nothing. God, right, and I at the was... end, you, you get the sense that Russell Crowe's looking at them and they're like, well, well, just keep an eye on those lovable scamps. <laughs> yeah. I mean – Where the hell they, are they going? They, they, should be, they should be the, uh, the negative the, – the film negative of the Marvel Universe. I mean make yourself a monster universe yeah. that, that where the monsters are the, are the heroes, but they're doing horrible, 
awful things and, Go full and, R. Go and R. make us buy into it. That's dark. Do the whole thing. I mean, you know, Alexander Burns is one of the uh, one of our listeners who wrote in, and he totally agrees with you, Tom. And he says, "I loved the villain." Alexander Burns loved the villain, and it wasn't just because of her appearance. And he says he did. I was keep rooting for Kelly. He 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 says Kelly that he did keep hearing still interested throughout. Um, yeah. But he said <laughs> totally her motivation is one role, but whatever. She's a fucking evil mummy. He says she's a fucking evil mummy. She's buried in Mercury again, so I'm sure she'll show up in a later movie. She loves being an evil mummy. She's super excited. Alexander Burns is like, he loved the villain, and so he's totally with you, Dom. Oh, I guess she could come back. It didn't occur to him. But he sucked her life force out. Like, isn't that the end of her? She's just a husk now. Like he stole it. I, I he stole it. I don't I don't think she can come back. And I think she's just a husk. They put her back in Mercury? No, she's in the, in the sewer, desiccated at the end. Yeah, yeah, I don't think – I think she's gone, unfortunately. And by the I, way – I would love to agree with Alexander Burns that maybe they could revive her, but I don't – Could if they want. They, there's uh, no rules. A prequel. But, I guess, you know what? You're right, Kelly. We don't know the rules. Yeah, so. I found it very presumptive that the blonde girl's proof that he's a good man is that you saved my life. Like, oh, well, your life's really that, – that's a sign of uh, good. You know what I mean? Well, that whole uh, I only thought there was one parachute. Like, like I thought there was another parachute. Was it? That's, that's a hand solo kind of thing. Like I love you, I know. Like they were going for that whole kind of. Oh, he's so cocky, and he doesn't care about her. And, yeah, then he goes. I thought there was another, but he says it. In a, he misreads the line. He says it in a Tom Cruise way. Yeah. <laughs> like Tom Cruise would go. There was another one. What? And Tom Cruise like I thought there was another one. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Why would he say that? If he's a rogue, wouldn't you go, yeah, that's right, baby? And then wink? Yeah, I knew there was. So I also, like you said, Kelly, when I was totally rooting for the mummy the whole time. And I, I, like, you guys now know how I feel when Judge Dredd was a real dick to Lena Headey and threw her over, make her take drugs, and then threw her over the edge of the balcony just to be a jerk. That's how I felt here when she was. When she got the life sucked out of her and she was getting thrown around. And yeah. I was like, no, don't – no, I don't want that to happen to her. Do it to him. Go ahead and sacrifice him and do whatever you got to do and let her be in charge. I felt bad for her for picking him. No kidding. <laughs> I go, you can – you're way – I go, you're slumping. You could have you could have a lot of cool dudes who would be really – you're picking like the lamest dude. Like it, it's like the friends in the tomb at the same time. Like why does she pick Tom instead of the bearded guy? Well, he does shoot the, the gate loose I guess, so he's got that going for him. Uh, that whole rope thing. I don't fuck uh, – let's make it – Whatever. So I also Chris Morgenson did like liked the parachute line. Sorry, Chris, but Chris liked that parachute line. Well, that's the thing is that it's a good it's good writing. Like that's a good piece of writing. That that acting is that you think yeah yeah, that you think oh he did have a moment of redemption here, but later he just flat out says to her like well I thought there was another parachute. Like if he's so oblivious to not let her believe he's supposed to be a rogue. He got her into bed, so he's a skilled operator, and he's all. Uh, <laughs> no sense. Did did, did Markinson like it? Did he have anything proving to say about this? Did anybody like it? I want to hear a defender. The <laughs> I, mean, I think the best defense I just gave is what Alexander Burns said. I think Alexander Burns left this movie feeling good about it and feeling like he had fun at it. But oh, okay. he really liked the villain most of all. Uh, for Chris Markinson, he doesn't know why Jake Johnson is in the movie. 
Well, he's he in the movie because of it. There's a side. There's a really funny sidekick who steals the show in that Brendan Fraser movie, right? Uh, yep. And Werewolf, kind of, which is Universal, isn't it? Or am I dumb? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's their property. Wolfman, not Werewolf. Wolfman. The Brendan Fraser movie's not a bad movie. It's actually right. It, it's 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 full it of energy. Makes more sense than this. Um, yeah, and, and this is Wacky. something that I mean, it's full of energy. And Rachel Weisz is in it, and she's like, ah, she's right. really yeah. funny, and she's beautiful, and she's interesting, and she's got a lot of uh, interesting things that she gets to do. And Brendan Fraser is actually laughing during them. Really the pretty exciting, movie. and you. It, the only thing that's cringeworthy is that you constantly feel like it's cribbing from Indiana Jones movies, but. Other than that, it's fine. Um, but one of the things that Chris uh, Markinson says that I really like is that uh, is that he says that it just feels like uh, didn't Trump call Jeb low energy? This felt low energy. To me. <laughs> it's the Jeb Bush yeah. of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's Chris. Chris is saying that normally Tom Cruise seems to pop with energy and enthusiasm, but I just wasn't seeing it here. This is disappointing. So yeah. That's why I mean it's beneath him. Like his instincts usually serve him better than the mummy. And and as far I, I see as what you mean, yeah. As far as the creature design too, I like the early bits. And when she as she becomes increasingly Sophia Butella, it gets better and better. But they do the the disappointing thing is they do less and less with her as she emerges right. more and more as a person. And that is a huge waste. Because as we all know, we saw Kingsman, but as everybody knows from Street Dance Two, Sophia Butella Oh boy. Can move. Why are you saying new boy? Everybody knows that, Kelly Wand. Street dance too? Yeah. You saw that, no right? She's so amazing uh, in that. No, there's no colon. This isn't the step up series, Kelly Wand. It's street dance. Oh. Uh, which one's Julia Stiles? Uh not step up. I don't what is her? the last dance. Uh yeah, but it's not that's not like street battle. Street dance is about like battling dance gangs, Kelly Wand. And free. The good guy, uh the people, the wa- the people watching, the good guy team the needs band. to get Sophia Butella on board. But she's like way above too cool for them. And our our hero, who's this kind of beefy looking and it's like what if you took Ben Affleck and men, sort of melded him with Lucas Black and Maybe really? got him wrong, like described him to a bad police witness sketch artist, and then made an actor from that. That's her male lead in, in like Frankenstein too. Uh, so she she basically has to carry that whole movie, and and there's like way more than Brianna Evigan gets to do and step up. A lot of Sofia Butella dancing. She's amazing. <laughs> uh, she danced good in this. No, she didn't. They didn't let her dance. Oh. What are you talking about? They didn't let her do much of anything. Yeah, yeah she's screened up for half the movie. Yeah, she's. I mean, coffin. she looks great though with all the tattoos on her, and uh, she's super curvy. And but nope, she just kind of walks real slow. And yeah, yeah. But you know, so, go go see my uh, actually my over street dance too. I'm calling it. I'm changing wow. it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I the watched that back of the street dance. Well, so, you know, so yeah. Chris Chris asks this question as well. Um, since uh, she got all that writing on her body, mm-hmm. shouldn't Cruz have gotten the same writing on his face when he became set? Maybe that's why he hid in the shadows. <sighs> ah, yeah. he's got writing on his face. We're not allowed to see him yet. That's the climax of the movie. They do so show a scary. question about her is like, is this just to make her ugly enough not to like her? 
which I don't think that writing. No, it's like sexy. Sense. That's like like Barbara yeah. Hershey in Last Temptation of the the Christ. Like that whole like henna tattoo painting writing stuff. Uh, that's kind of hot. Stone and the blonde girl is the brunette of Total Recall. It's like you swap the hair colors. Wait, who's the? Wait, who's who in this? The mummy is the Sharon Stone, and the blonde girl is Rachel Ticotin. No, no, she, that, that's an insult to Rachel Ticotin, Kelly Wand. Total Recall. You thought she was better than Sharon Stone in that movie? You didn't say No, no, they were both great in that movie is what I'm saying. is This this uh, Allison Duty chick in this movie was a zero. Rachel yeah. Ticotin, at least, was like – All right, was, you're a Rachel Ticotin apologist, so I guess yeah, my line makes sense to you. So is Dingus. So, since I think that this movie is trying to ape what, what Marvel Universe is doing, are they trying to make her the Black Widow? Who, because <laughs> obviously Russell Crowe is supposed to be Samuel Jackson, Nick right? Fury, yeah. He's the Nick Fury. Well, no, they killed her. She's not in it anymore. No, he meets the blonde girl, I think. I mean the blonde girl. Oh, oh I keep forgetting. You know, keep keep, Black Widow. I have to keep forgetting she's in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I have to okay. have to keep pulling her back into my brain just to remember because she's just a, such a non-thing. And I feel bad about that because – I feel bad about talking about actors this way, but what a horrible choice. It's not on her. Oh, I mean, it's not on Sophia. It's not on the mummy girl. I didn't feel bad for her. I I feel feel bad about saying that about the actress, but is she supposed to be the black widow of this Uh, franchise? What are they doing with this franchise? And I I would like to talk a little bit about this because I think that if you're going to call this dark universe, if you're going to actually try to create this cinematic universe to counter – what they're doing is resurrecting all of their monster properties in order to make this dark universe. What are, you, what the, what are they doing? Why does Black Widow in this get like that – like Tom Cruise had Emily Blunt and uh, Rebecca Ferguson in his last movies who both would have been like a Black Widow right. in this, I would think, better. So right. instead, we get like a third string. Like Russell Crowe's an A-lister, and he's part of the group. So she's – is she just the love interest in this? Like we're never going to see her character again? But no, she she's supposed her, to be his right-hand man, isn't she? And their shield. She seems to be like the Black Widow of that. See, Dingus, you're calling her the Black Widow, but I think she's probably more like the Maria Hill, like the Kobe Smolders. She's the Jarvis. Oh. She's like the uh, the sister. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, who uh, knows, you're but, right. I, you're probably right. I mean, because if they're doing, if the next one is Bride of Frankenstein, Angelina Jolie, obviously, if they get her, and I don't. I don't even think this will happen. If the next one is a Bride of Frankenstein, they won't need her. Like she might have a cameo as an investigator or whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think this is just some actress that they thought was going to be hot for some reason, and they thought they would like get a time, you know, like Brie Larson in King Kong, like she sort of exploded, and they were like, oh yeah, let's get her while she's still doing like arty movies, and we can get her in a franchise, we can like slot her in this, and we've got dibs on her. I'm guessing they maybe thought that was going to happen with this woman. Uh, and I'll get dibs on her. They could use her down the line. Kelly Wand, that's way uh, inappropriate. Sorry. You should be saying those things sorry. about Sophia Butella. I will. And so Tam. you don't think you don't even yeah. think this is going to get out of the gate? Well, just Batman versus Superman. We thought that was going to kill Justice League, but they'd already they're already making the other movies. So aren't they locked in now? Like uh, Batman versus yeah. Superman. I'm sorry to tell you, actually, it didn't like it wasn't a huge oh. success, but it made money. Like it, that's you know that's uh, I, yeah, it was disappointing, but it didn't. You're right, Kelly. When it didn't bomb, 
It didn't torch Justice League. And, and plus, they, they had way more invested in having a DC Comics franchise than they do. Like, I, I real, I'm sure there are serious conversations at Universal, Universal this weekend about, do we just trash the thing or do we move forward with it? Like, do you throw good money after bad or do you just cut your losses at this point? They made 140 overseas. Because That's it's all the thing extra. is the, the reason it the reason it did that Kelly mm. one is because it's a Tom Cruise movie, not right. because there's a desire overseas for Universal Thirties <laughs> monster movies, right? So if they're going to go forward with a franchise like like the Warcraft movie is kind of similar to this, it didn't do nearly as well as they hoped. But the Warcraft movie, no one cares if Ben Foster is still in it or Travis Fimmel or uh, that dark-haired guy who plays the wizard fella. I don't even remember his name, and I love that guy. No one cares about who's in a Warcraft movie. They care about Warcraft. So Warcraft is still a viable light a franchise if they still want to make it as an international release and not push so hard in the U.S. and make their money back in foreign markets. There's nothing they can do with this because it's sold as a Tom Cruise movie. And without Tom Cruise in the next one, that's not going to make that kind of money overseas. And nobody who saw this is like, oh, I can't wait to see what the next – you know, what's the Bride of Frankenstein going to have to do now? Uh, yeah. So I, I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the end of it. Uh, if the Bride of Frankenstein thing just kind of mm. either gets a less expensive actress or just they let it go entirely. I don't know. My prediction is Bride of Frankenstein, if they make it, will be exactly like this. Like she'll be like, it'll be Angelina Jolie playing her wanted character, but with that hair. And she'll just be like leaping around and like doing all the time and like shooting guns. Like, this is grandma's Brad Frankenstein. It's cool. Kelly One, could you draw some concept art for us of that? Ah. <laughs> what was that? That's my Bride of Frankenstein impression. She, ah, like, very good. Right, right. Yeah, very freaky. She sees Frankenstein screams at him. Well, you know, Love I would him. be curious, Kelly One, if Dingus would like a penny, not penny, uh, shoot. No, Penny Ante. What the heck was that thing with Eva Green and uh, and Josh Hartnett? Penny what the fuck are you talking about the Showtime series, not Penny Ante. Penny, Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Oh my God! I haven't it? watched that. Is it good? Oh, it sounds like it's like this, but better. Like this should have been yeah, set yeah, this, in the thirties. I think. Yeah. I think they fucked up. Penny Dreadful is definitely yeah. it's a, it's a it's an elaborate. TV production, not like Game of Thrones level, but they threw some money at it, some elaborate costumes. Uh, you know, it's a lot of sort of bloated writing because it's a TV show. But uh, compared to this, Penny Dreadful, like in Penny Dreadful, it's the same thing. You got the Wolfman, you got a vampire, you have Dorian Gray, uh, just all this stuff thrown, Van Helsing, all this stuff thrown together. Uh, and, you know, that's what I think they're trying to do here. Um, so, yeah, Penny I Dreadful, thought, you know, when Dingus says this has potential, I think what he's talking about is Penny Dreadful. It has Penny Dreadfulential. Surely you've got something inappropriate to say about cute little Sophia Butella. Hey, her, her name should have been Badonka Donkaman. One, two, three, lonely, you and me. Got 180 degrees when I'm cold in between. Counting one, two, three, Peter Pan, Mary, getting down with three feet. Everybody loves Kelly Wanda, I think you'll enjoy street dance too. So just a little tip for you. Uh, should I start that one or will I be confused? Street Dance 2, there's no confusion whatsoever. You know, although I'm really mad, I don't know what it is about it, in these like these like step up and street dance and battle dancing movies and stuff. Here's what I've decided the problem is. Editors who work on these movies think that they're part of the musicalness of it. They're going to like edit it according to the music. No, 
As we right. learned from La La Land, just get your damn fingers off of the film and let it run. You know, we've mm-hmm. got some amazing physicality with these dancers here. and Just let us look at that. We don't want to watch you edit stuff to the beat. You're not a part. You just fire the editors and just give us the, the, the dailies. That's, that's my, what I have to say about Street Dance 2. <laughs> In Street Dance 2, is half of it told as a prequel with Robert De Niro as like the first generation street dancer, like in the 1910s? Oh, right, right. I like where you're going. Yeah. Kelly Wan, they should have had you writing on that. Monica, street Dance I 2, I, I should warn you, Street Dance 2 is basically the Euro trash version of Step Up. It's basically uh, all over Europe. It's like an international cast. Uh, so, you know, hunker down. It, it, it's, it's a very... Uh, EU friendly movie. Just I've say. seen zero battle dance movies, and you've seen like all of them, and you're very particular about them. Well, there's only one battle dance first. movie. There's only uh, yeah, but they're what? they're they that one that didn't take off that oh. franchise. Street Dance took off. Uh, Step Up, of course. There's like five of those, maybe six. Um, Bring it on, counts kind of. No, that's not. They dance. Mm, no, Bring It On is in the that's... same category as Pitch Perfect. You probably think Pitch Perfect is like a dance movie, but they dance with their mouths. Right. That's not how it works. No. You should see that. Uh-oh. What? Nope. Is there a happy nope. ending? Mouth battle. All right. Well, Kelly Wan, speaking of train wrecks or car wrecks, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is this week's what is this week's three by three? This week's terrible shipwreck of a topic is three best vehicles hitting stuff in movies choices. Wait, what? Is that what it is? No, Dingus? it was not. Yeah. No. Thank you. Dingus, set him straight. Dingus, tell him what the three Collisions. It no. was three best things hit by a speeding vehicle. Oh. <laughs> what did I say? That's what you said last week. Oh, oh just now okay. you said three best collisions or – Three best collisions are about things and things we're, are fast and moving. Right. You asked us, Kelly, I wanted to pick the things that get hit. You, Yeah, that was the things. Three best things hit by a hit speeding by vehicle. A speeding. All right. Okay. All right. So Kelly, you I might focused need... on the thing. I did too. I didn't use people. I didn't use animals. I used things, objects. So, oh well, Dingus, you're going first though. So, Dingus, what is your number three favorite thing or best thing hit by a vehicle? <laughs> All right. So here's a quote from it: Cans, cans. There was no baby. It was can. It was full of cans. The jerk. Oh. It's where uh, it's where somebody in a car chase. Oh, I know. It's, it's not it's French speed. connection. It's speed. Yeah. It is it's speed, or in France, it would be called la vitesse. If they didn't call oh. it speed. Uh, so it's uh, the thing yes. would be the baby carriage, and the thing, the speeding vehicle hitting it would be the bus, and the bus has to be going 50 miles per hour, as we know, or it would explode. And it's a terrible, awful, ridiculous cheat that Jan de Bont does, but I still loved it. And as soon as Kelly Wan said, Things hit by speeding vehicles immediately popped into my head. That baby carriage that's hit by the bus. And Why is that a terrible, awful cheat by Jean, Jean de Bont? Uh, because uh, it, it's because of the way he structures it. I don't know if you I, – I, I watch Speed again, and it's actually really a guilty pleasure to watch Speed um, because he, he – maybe cheat is being a little um, – unkind uh but uh there's this woman pushing a baby carriage and she's hugging her friend before she crosses the street they're talking for a moment um, and, and it's clear it 
it doesn't she doesn't look like a homeless person but she doesn't look like a person who it, it's it's just right there in between so she's hugging her friend uh, meanwhile they've been the bus has been rerouted down this uh this side street so that they can get over to the 105 freeway before they make their ridiculous jump um and uh and the woman hugs her friend and then she pushes the baby carriage across and they're going down the street and Sandra Bullock looks to the side and says, wait, what are we supposed to look for? And Keanu says, look out. And she looks ahead right, right, yeah. and hits it's the nice. baby carriage. And you see the cans. Yeah. The woman screams in horror. Well, no, but, right? but first you see the baby carriage actually fly up in front of the bus. It's really kind of a cool visual. And and Sandra Bullock is just like, oh, my God, she's so upset, obviously, because she's killed a baby. And then in the rearview mirror – Keanu Reeves sees through the mirror that the thing is just full of cans and you realize, oh, she's a like a homeless lady who's collecting cans in a baby carriage for this scene. <laughs> Otherwise, she would be using a shopping cart. But uh, I, I like I, I love the way that the whole thing is structured. And I like that this is the first thing that popped into my head when Kelly Wan said um, speeding vehicle things hit by speeding vehicles. The first thing I thought was this baby carriage that turns out to be full of cans. If a speeding baby buggy is a vehicle, could Andy Garcia be a thing hit by a, a, a baby carriage? Touchables. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll find time. out. Yeah, Dingus All my on his list. Have baby carriages, Dingus screamed. <laughs> my number three pick wait, wait. is – Yes, wait. I want I want to say – I have a studio note for Dingus's. Yes, yes. I think it would have been better if – it had been a shopping cart, but with a baby in it. And then when he hits it, the baby's name is Cans, and he tells Sandra Bullock that to make her not feel as bad. Its name was Cans. Only Cans. It's all we sell here. Okay, what are we going to say, Tom? <laughs> no, that's Boy. a good note. That's a good note, Kelly Juan. We're going to incorporate that. I give some notes. Boy, I, I just have to say, Dennis Hopper is horrible in this piece. No, I like him. He's absolutely I'm terrible. It's a great, it's a great battle of wits between him and uh, Keanu Reeves. I like that they're opposed, <laughs> and they don't like each other. And it's R-rated. He stabs a guy with a screwdriver in the first shot. It's great. The fucking the second one's PG garbage. Yeah, he stabs a guy in the ear at the yeah, first. Awesome. Yeah, R-rated action movie and should be celebrated. Anyway, Tom. All right, my third favorite thing hit by – so let's see. I might have screwed up an adjective. All right, this vehicle isn't speeding, but every (laughs) other word is correct in the 3 by 3 The object that – the thing that gets hit is a bright red Volkswagen Beetle parked in front of the Winn-Dixie. And it's the thing that gets hit by a car. Good one. Good one. And Good one. Uh, the, this is uh, Kathy Bates is patiently wake, waiting to park her car. She's, you know, someone's about to pull out of a spot. She's going to the Wind Dixie, and she's got her blinker on. And the guy who's in the spot, he pulls out and goes away. And these young girls in a little uh, uh, bright red Volkswagen Beetle like cut in front of her and take her spot. And they get out and they're like, oh. ha ha ha. And and she's like, um, ladies, I was that was my spot. I was gonna t- I was gonna park there. And they're like, too bad. We're younger and faster. And and they walk off, and then she says her power word, which is Tawanda. She says it to herself to empower her. It's her woman empowerment word. And then she repeatedly rams their little red Volkswagen Beetle with her car, 
And when they come running out saying, what are you doing? You're crazy. She says, face it, girls. I'm older and I have more insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Is this misery? Oh, sorry. Fried, fried I, yeah. green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes. I didn't uh, make yeah. uh-huh. I saw fried green tomatoes. Yeah, I, I, actually, love that, I love that this is a joke about insurance. You, you think that I saw fried green tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Why would I have seen? I've never, I haven't seen fried green just, tomatoes. Oh, yeah, that scene. <laughs> uh, people it's, know the scene from like the trailer, I, I think, and there are like clips of it. I don't think I've ever seen fried green tomatoes. What I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you the first thing about what it's about. I had to look up all this stuff. I just remembered that scene. Well, I've what seen it. I, I re- totally remember that scene. I mean, ah, like, you saw fried green tomatoes. It's from yeah, fried. Well, I bet you also saw Mystic Pizza. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you also see uh, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Dingus? Nope, I saw the second one. Steel Magnolias. Did you see Street Dance 2? Oh, no, wait, that's me. <laughs> Oops. Dingus, Such... what is your third favorite? Oh, no, Kelly well, Wand. What's Kelly Wand. <laughs> what is your third favorite thing hit by a speeding vehicle? My number three favorite thing hit by a speeding vehicle is the dude in RoboCop who just fell into toxic waste. So he's then... a thing. I guess because he was in waste, he's a thing. Yeah, he's turning into a thing. And right. the, well, Kelly, we, we did determine at the end of the podcast that a noun is a person, place, or thing. So Kelly Wand was like, yeah, it can be people too. We I allowed never, him to talk too long. I believe when Kelly Wand elaborates on his 3x3. Three three. Just yeah. go by the first thing that he says and run with it. That's that's sort of my philosophy. I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah. All right, so the, the guy – it's not the guy from Porky's, is it? So the guy gets hit by what? <laughs> what does he get a hit car? by? Robocop car. It's like pops into a, like a yeah, it's just like a big old splat that he makes. So he gets hit by a random car. Yeah, and a Robocop car. Yeah, there's a car chase or something going on. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Robocop. Right. Yeah, and then he splatters into a bunch of. He's like all soft and gooey. Right. Right. Like toxic. toxic like toxic waste. Avenger, but without the superpowers. Yeah. And he's walking around moaning things like. <laughs> he's like Stallone and Guardians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's my number. Th- that's my third favorite thing. <laughs> there's this great moment in the original Mummy where, where they. Well, there's open... not. There's no such thing, Dingus. Go ahead. Like, I want to hear this. There's actually some good stuff, but there's they not. open. He wears they a open... dress. He wears a fez and a dress. That's not what mummies wear. Go ahead. They open. I, I do want to hear this. No, I no. It. I mean the original, the Brendan Fraser Mummy. Oh, that's not the original Mummy, Dingus. Uh, no, I mean the Stephen to... Summers one. Sorry. Okay, right. Sorry. Uh, I meant the where, actual mummy, Ramses. Where they, where they pop open the sarcophagus and the guy and the mummy is still all slimy and they're like, he's he's still kind of moist. What's going on? It looks like he's still decomposing. I mean, and so what you just said about him being all moist reminded me of that. Yeah, if, they, they, if that yeah. mummy had gotten hit by a speeding car, he would also just sort of splat, I bet. Yep. Yep. Sort yes. of splat. So why do you want to keep him in a sarcophagus so cars don't hit them? Sort of splat. Wait, I thought the sarcophagus was next to your pharynx. I have to say, I did think this idea of being wrapped up in bandages and shut in the, in the sarcophagus was pretty horrifying because at least Ryan Reynolds and Uma Thurman, like they could still move around when they were in theirs. Right. Being like bound up like that and then put in there, that's terrible. This yeah, guy's. I thought, I thought Tom Cruise was a dick to her. Those guys were real dicks to her. Everybody was mean to her in this movie. It's like the jacket, Adrian Brody. What? <laughs> you saw yeah. that. Yeah. The Terrifier. There's a Paul Walker version of that. You know, what, what is that thing called? Do you know what I'm talking uh, about, uh, Kelly Wand? 
Tammy and the T-Rex? Mm, it's like no, trapped inside a dinosaur. That's a great one. No, there's one where he's like – they're trying to like he's make him think he's mad or insane or something. I forget what it is. Uh, if I told you the Get name of a, of a movie that's a person's name, could you tell me what the movie is about? There's a movie that just came out this this week called Megan Levy. Kelly Wand, what is what is that movie about? Is that her last name or that's a it's a, a name. verb it's a full in the name. sense? Nope, not like a thing that holds back water. It's like a Levy, like it's it's spelled differently. She's a hooker who turns into a statue. Okay, that's your guess, Dingus. What do you think a movie called Megan Levy is about? Uh, a young atheist. Eugene nope. Levy's granddaughter. You're both wrong. It's Kate Mara. Fucking playing a, an Iraqi war vet who saves a dog. Oh, yeah. Aww. It's her. It's Can the her, dog's uh, name. Be the name her, of the movie. I know, right? Because there's there's no. Well, actually, this is a real person, so presumably you read the news and know who she is. I didn't, uh, but she's someone who really saved a dog. But it's Kate oh. Mara's uh, Eight Below. Well, they should have called it a Megan. Oh. Levy. I don't leave my my e. That's what she's <laughs> that saying what about dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, That's Dingus. It. What is your second favorite thing hit by a speeding vehicle? All right. Here's a quote from it. You know, there was a nice way to respond to that. <laughs> That's his Irish accent. So it's either Miller's Crossing well, or it's, it's not, uh, the Abyss. It's it's either it's either Made or La La Land. It's no. either Leprechaun or The Conversation. <laughs> I right, like here's the, think it's the scene Leprechaun. <laughs> here's the quote that comes after that. Doesn't look like anyone was injured in that. So this is, this is from the movie Sideways. And <sighs> um, the this is the uh, – not where they actually run the car into the tree. The thing that I'm talking about is a fence. It's the fence that happens after the tree because that's where the vehicle's really speeding. Because where he runs the vehicle into the tree, the tr- he's not. It's not really speeding, and it doesn't look like it's been injured enough. And so what he does is put a cinder block on the uh, gas pedal, and 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 Miles is standing there going, "All right, fine, we're going to do this." And then he's like, "All right, let's run it into the tree again," but. The car veers away from this beautiful, huge tree and just hits this sad chain link <laughs> fence. And so my second favorite thing that's been hit by a speeding vehicle is that chain link fence that doesn't do any damage. But then the car crashes into a little like ditch. <laughs> so Sideways. it's just that fence. Sideways would also have one of my picks if the 3 by 3 was uh, favorite things that hit Thomas Hayden Church in the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. I like that. Um, did you guys ever get around? Did you guys ever get around to seeing a movie called Whitewash? That was on my top ten list that year. Oh, no, you guys are badly. jerks. You're both jerks. Whatever. I disown you both. All right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to describe you guys this shot. This is the opening shot of the movie. Uh, it's a shot of a long road. This is my number two. Uh, a long road, and it's there's a line of line of trees, like carefully cultivated trees along the side of it. Oh, the the object that gets hit. A tree in France. So you got a long, a long road. It's a shot of it. The trees are on the side. In the distance, there's a figure walking along the road, just someone walking towards the camera. But then the camera cuts to a reverse angle. The other side of the road, way down, there's a car approaching from the distance. 
and you see the car come up and then the camera flips around and that that figure who is walking towards the camera is now nowhere to be seen mm. huh that's odd hmm. so the car comes into the frame and starts driving down and then suddenly the figure leaps out from behind a tree lunges into the road right in front of the car and then the car you know, like like the, like he's trying to get hit. Like right in front of the car, the car has to swerve, and it smashes into a tree. And then, and it's, this is one shot. It's, it's, well, actually, no, the, the smashing of the tree. They really bang a car into a tree, and then we go back to the shot where the car is now hit the tree. It is silent. Uh, it's, the steam is starting to come up from the radiator. The person who lunged into the road, he's just laying there. He casually gets up. He brushes off his pants. He saunters over to the driver's side of this wrecked car while ominous music builds, and then the music abruptly cuts off as the words the, – the title of the movie appears on screen in big red letters. The word raw comes up, R-A-W. <laughs> and then what happens after that – I don't want to spoil anything. It's a movie that has nothing to do with that scene until very – until later. There's a pivotal moment that uh, you're like, oh, right. I need to watch this. You told me to watch it. You really do. So that's that's my number two pick. It's all I'm saying is a tree in France. It's the opening shot of Raw. All right. Dingus. No, Kelly Wand. What, no, yeah, Kelly Wand, what's your second favorite thing hit by a speeding vehicle? My number two favorite thing hit by a speeding vehicle? Uh, I did a last-minute switch because I decided this might be a person, so I changed this to this. But at the end of Speed 2, Cruise Control... Um, the one with Jason Patrick? Yeah. It's it's really boring and shitty. But the last 20 minutes of it is just a boat that's speeding by boat standards <laughs> into, like, this Jamaican town. And it's just shots of the town getting destroyed and, like, people running away screaming and, like, crashing through buildings and a dog barking. And it just goes on forever. <laughs> and it's not suspenseful. And it's basically the hero's turn to crank to slow the ship down. So this is technically the scene of his tribe. Like, I saved the city! <laughs> and it's just like this boat going... <laughs> While the speed theme plays, it's all... Wait, that's Back to the Future. <laughs> so but, the uh, thing you're choosing is a Jamaican town. Yeah. And you changed it because I chose speed for my number three? No. I changed it because uh, the chick in Final Destination gets hit by a bus is to, is probably not a thing, I guess. Right. right. You don't, don't, don't objectify her like that, Kelly Wand. Yeah. yeah. Not yet. Yeah. She's no Annabelle Wallace. Oh, is that the name of the... the uh, yeah. Yeah. Annabelle Wallace, right. Okay. She's the poor man's Natalie Dormer. Because that she what was is, also tutors. Uh, that's 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 mean to Natalie Dormer. I'm not gonna accept it. Is. Wand. No, I don't I mean it as a Natalie Dormer would have been awesome in the mummy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Why why didn't they hire her? She's big. Game of Thrones, people like that Game of Thrones show. It would have made sense if he'd fallen for her. I didn't get like why this Natalie Dormer's a, like she's she's free now. She can be on a movie, can't she? She's got nothing else to do. Yeah. Let's tell want to make one with her. Yeah. Well, Chris, Chris Markinson actually, and now you rem, reminded me that she was in X-Men First Class. Chris Markinson mentioned that. Oh, no, Annabelle Wallace was. Yeah, Annabelle Wallace was. Who was she in that? I'm not going to remember who, she, who you're talking about anyway. She's the, she, she's the, and I'm sure, certain he's right about this, and this kind of relates to that stupid like double iris thing they're doing in this movie for some oh, reason, gosh, which I think about that. is it's only awesome. done for the trailer. I think it's only an image that we're going to 
plant this in the trailer. There's no other reason for it. Oh, you know, double I- I thought you said double Irish. No, like, double the, iris. Yeah, that's that was the uh, the eyeball mitosis. It's like the uh, mitosis right. eyes, which right. I, I that's not a thing. I don't no. know why they did that. Yeah, it's, I don't, and I don't care what Dingus says, but black eyes and white eyes are still perfectly viable. Everyone, everyone making movies, you don't have to come up with mitosis eyes. That's terrifying. What if? But this, this, <laughs> they, they, that's cool. But I think it's only in, in you know I saw it with Alexandra, and Alexandra's like, what is that supposed to do? What, what, yeah, what do you see in the world like? Show us what he's seeing. Why is that scary? And I and for and I put forth that I think that it, that's only for the trailer. At any rate, uh, she's uh, she's the one. She's the co-ed that um, that, uh, that James McAvoy is flirting with in the pub, and that he says, "Oh, you have uh, you, you have, you have those, two irises. Yeah, you have two different color eyeballs." Whatever that is, herbal mycosis. And then Mystique comes up with different irises in that scene and makes fun of him for like, ah, you're trying to get laid. What a loser. Yeah, Remember exactly right. Eyes, so it's another yeah. iris thing. Irish. It's <laughs> a good point. Shut up, Kelly. So anyway, I forgot that, that Chris brought that up in his email. All right. So I think it is. Where are we? Is it Dingus's favorite it's thing? My favorite vehicle. The very best Dingus. I'm sure we've all got the same thing. Go ahead. Excited no, not because I watched this movie this week and I could have gotten all three from this movie and I yeah we've it, all got the same one yep I freaking loved watching this movie I know right week. right it holds up you don't even know what I'm talking about yeah we all have the same thing I know I know we do state Maine so your favorite thing hit by a vehicle is sausage <laughs> you thinking of zapped I don't what what. Sausage never gets hit by a vehicle. It, would just, it wouldn't get hit. It would just get run over and squished. What do you want about, Dingus? You've obviously picked the wrong movie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think it probably have. My favorite thing being hit by a speeding vehicle is sausages. Uh, all right. Here's a quote from it. No one guess. follows us. No one follows us or I kill myself and then her. Uh, that's better than any line of the mummy. Uh, <laughs> Nobody follows us. I kill myself. Probably Blues Brothers. I can guess. Benji. Every, everybody gets pies, and no Alamode. Alamode weakens the legs. That's how they got Lincoln. Oh fuck! <laughs> That's good too. Have I seen this movie? I remember yes, these lines. Pre-fire. We actually have done it for the podcast, and this is—I love this movie so fucking much. Paint again. This is from a movie called Night and Day. Uh, this is a Tom Cruise movie that I think totally works. But again, the female lead, Cameron Diaz, has to provide all the chemistry. But it works in this movie. I, I think it's a totally charming movie, and it has so many funny lines, so much energy, so much energy. Um, and so the, the there there's a ton of stuff that gets hit by speeding vehicles. There's There's a flying door that Get hit, gets hit by a speeding vehicle. The first thing I thought of was the when he's crash landed the plane in the cornfield. There's a scarecrow that gets hit by the speeding vehicle that that is the plane. But my favorite thing is uh, when he's he's fighting with uh, Paul Dano, <laughs> who is uh, the guy he's protecting, and Cameron Diaz. The three of them are fighting in the train car. Uh, against uh, this guy named Bernard, who 
or Bernhard rather, because he's German, because um, he's he's an assassin. He's platinum grade assassin. Whoa. I love. He's like, yeah, he's on. He's an assassin, platinum grade. Uh, and they kick. They he finally kicks him out of the window as they're on this speeding train, and he and he grasps at this string because they're in the um, they're in the uh, the cooking car or the not the cooking car but the prep car where all the food is and the chef is and everything. And he grabs this string of sausages and he's hanging out the window, like trying to hang onto the string of sausages and a train coming on the opposing tracks smacks him and kills him. But it also <laughs> severs the, uh, the links of sausages. So I just decided that the, the thing that was hit was a sausage. Kelly, why are you accepting that? Well, it's also the guy's sausage, too, as part of the collision. (laughs) I knew I would not have a problem because of that. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I was wrong. I thought we were all going to have the same thing. Well, at least Kelly Wand and I will have the same thing. Well, that's my number. Have you guys seen Night and Day again? Oh, man, I love Night and Day. No, it's the director of of Logan. Of course it's great. Yeah. Yeah, And I I watched it, and and I've actually watched it twice this week because I love it so much. They're so funny together. It's the director of Logan. The star of In Her Shoes and Tom Cruise. What can go wrong? Yep. Oh, man. It's so funny and it's so well paced. Man. And edited. I remember liking when he's swinging from that pendulum upside down, I think. He's been <laughs> captured. And he's talking to her, going, Okay, don't worry. I got this. Uh, it's cool. And she just woke up. She's like, What? <laughs> and then that drones on the island that we're liking, too. This is a little oogie because he drugs her constantly, but it pays off in the end. But she drugs but, him back in the end. Yeah. 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 That, it Before pays off. But that whole thing where he lands on the car and he's like, June, June, you're doing great. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh, that June, that dress is beautiful. June, can you unlock the door? June, I love, I love. He could have been like that in the Mummy. That would have been better than what he's doing. That, that's a bit, a bit, a bit of funny character turning into a Mummy. Like a guy who doesn't give a shit about anything, and then suddenly starting to get a Mummy. To like, well, well, Salem V. But at least he's competent, and he's totally competent in Night and Day. Well, he shoots a rope in Mummy. Yeah, well, good point. All right, Tom, you get to move on now. All right, well, Kelly Wand and I, I'll just say it for both of us, Kelly Wand. My favorite thing to get hit by a vehicle, and actually there's two of them, and I can't very well pick one of them. They're both in the same movie. Um, the first is Tornado and then later Dirt. Those are my two favorite things to get hit by a speeding vehicle. Uh, it's in Fury Road when they're driving into the storm, and, and they uh, nudge the pursuing car into a tornado. <laughs> it's an amazing moment. And then later in the movie, when they're fighting the 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 motorcycle fire bomber dudes, the motorcycle fire bombers ramp over the, the war rig and they drop fire bombs on it. And the front of the uh-huh. war rig is on fire. So what what are you going to do? Well, Charlize Theron, she reaches out and pulls a lever that drops the cow catcher that's up on the front of the war rig. And it drops into the ground and the speeding war rig just – kicks up these great gouts, just cascades of dirt spew up onto the war rig, and they put the fire out. Like, she knew that was going to happen. Like, that's there and ready, is it hits dirt, it puts out the fire, and then there's this great shot that I realized, I remember from Road Warrior, of these intake valves or pipes or whatever, uh, where the little valve opens, like it's gasping for breath to show that, you know, this is where the air goes into the carburetor. Uh, it's, it's breathing again. So those are my two favorite things, and I'm sure it's what Kelly Wand had as well, a tornado and dirt. Let's both get hit by a speeding vehicle, right, Kelly Wong? That's what you had. 
They're not just for cows anymore. Wait, a tornado? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 they nudge uh, the one of the pursuing cars into a tornado. How can, that's that's like where the movie is like, holy, oh my god, I've never seen this before, oh, okay. and it continues doing stuff like that, like with the Stroke de Soleil guys. With like, I, how can you not remember that? that's where that's where the tagline comes from? It's a Fury Road. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, if you if you hadn't been watching Amsterdam. Night. Night and day so much. No, they get, there's more movie that any other movie they would just go into the sandstorm. But no, this movie they go in the sandstorm. The chase is still going on, and a car hits a tornado. It hits a freaking tornado. The tornado wins. I should point out. <laughs> it reminds me of the way you talked about Tom Cruise busting his ass on that chair. Oh, he busted his ass so well on that chair. That was awesome and collateral. He didn't need a stuntman for that. You can't CG that, by the way. That's what Nicole said. <laughs> All right, Kelly Wan, what's the best thing hit by a speeding vehicle? Obviously, hey, besides a tornado and dirt. Go ahead. Right. When Dingus was watching Night and Day twice this week, did he watch it once when it was dark outside and then another time when it was <laughs> the sun? Kelly Wan, the movie is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. I don't get that either because his name's not Knight. Well, he's, he's Knight Lee. But her name is Day. His parents' names are that, and he Day's puts in, he puts the MacGuffin battery in a night. Come on. If he was the Kingsman, it would have made sense. <laughs> My number one favorite thing hit by a speeding vehicle is in the motion picture Return of the Jedi when the Star Destroyer hits the Death Star. And I thought, oh, cool. They just won the battle. And then... <laughs> That's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's that would that was a great idea. That's how they're gonna beat him. That's pretty smart. You have to do this. You don't have to rip off the first movie. You do something even awesomer, and then <laughs> you don't even see it later, like sticking out of the uh, Death Star, like the guy in that black and white French movie where the rocket lands on the moon's eye, and he, he's like mildly annoyed by it, like, oh, <laughs> what the fucking humans. <laughs> Yeah, but can you really say that that thing is speeding because it's moving so slowly? Not, not to the Death Star's point of view. <laughs> so, Kelly, when you're just saying in space, speed is relative? Yeah, and speed, too, it's, cruise control is relative, too, literally. But in Jedi, I think it also would have been cool if it had not only ended the battle, but it ended the lightsaber duel, too. Like, it smashes through Vader at a... Like, just as he's about to kill Luke. And it's like, oh, my friend saved me. It's like a reverse empire. And then we could have ended the movie and not had the Yub Yub song. Yeah, <laughs> it's like poetry. They rhyme. Yeah, so. Yub Yub, the new Yub Yub song, do you like that one more or less than the um, original Yub? I prefer Street Dance 2. <sighs> oh, my God. Kelly Wan, it's that time now to, to read to us what are the listeners' favorite things hit by speeding vehicles other than a tornado More and late dirt. By how many people wrote in. It's terrifying me. Very popular topic. Oh, boy. Uh, Arden Sedlins writes, Greetings, fine gentlemen at QD3. It's good to be able to participate in a 3x3 work-study life. Usually means I only get around to listen to podcasts weeks so after release. My picks for people being hit by cars. Oh, people slash things. Number three, in Die Hard 4, live free or die hard. John McClane drives a police car into an airborne helicopter using a toll booth as a ramp. That's a great one. <laughs> I love that part. 
But it's in the trailer, and then I saw that. Never mind. <laughs> Does the Terminator do that? Motorcycle. Yeah, motorcycle. And then Wolverine jumps off the thing onto a helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. Shut up, Kelly. Number two, near the beginning of Constantine, after finding the Spear of Destiny, a Mexican man. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, that was one of my. That was almost one of my picks. This is great. It's a person. Yeah, these. Yeah. Well, no, it's the Spear of Destiny that gets hit because that's why the car. Wraps oh, I thought it hit it. the Mexican. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, someone's, someone's holding it though. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the expected Man, outcome. Manuel, Manuel. We showed some of the power of the spear with the car crumpling around the man like a soda can around a rock, him remaining unscathed. Number one, in the final car chase combat scene of John Wick, after shooting him in the leg, Wick violently sideswipes Vigo's right-hand man, Avi, played by Dean Winters with his 2011 Dodge Charger. This leaves Avi slightly embedded in the side of the car, slowly falling to the ground. Bonus points for Wick immediately getting rammed by Vigo in a Chevrolet Tahoe. <laughs> Regards, Arden, from Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> People know what cars, car types are. Nick D writes, hi, guys. Number three, Back to the Future. 50s Biff goes to ram skateboard driving Marty with his car, but Marty tricks him by jumping off his skateboard onto the car and running over it, letting his skateboard drift underneath. This causes Biff's speeding car to hit a truck full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty good one. It keeps happening. It's that guy's legacy. Number two, speed. Sandra Bullock, while momentarily distracted, drives a speeding bus through a crosswalk, hits baby carriage. This is what we the street. It's momentary horror until we see the carriage land spill cans. Keanu Reeves yells, cans. Number one, Robocop. <laughs> that's how he said it. He said cans. it much better, I think. Cans. Cans. He says it excitedly. Yeah. Number one, Robocop. At the end of the movie, Murphy's being chased by a flunky. Oh, see? In a van, played by Paul McCray. Murphy shoots the windshield and dodges the van, causing it to crash into a big bat of toxic waste. But that's not my number one. My number one's be laughed at. Paul McCray staggers out, having been turned into a floppy skin mutated monster, and gets hit by Kurt Wood Smith's car, causing him to explode into green slime that splashes on the windshield. Cheers in. I predict this is the most common one. I, I had a feeling this one would be ubiquitous among listeners. Keith Leith writes, best things hit by vehicles, preamble, uh, number three, the tree that brings Sarah Polly's car to a halt at the end of the opening sequence of Dawn of the Dead 2004, directed by Zach, two-second crotch shot, Snyder is solid. This film opens and closes strongly, and the middle isn't ruined. Who is a Snyder film? What do we do next? We find out an excruciating installment setting with a two-second Wonder Woman crotch shot. Wait. Oh, okay. I've heard the extended cut of BVS will be more faithful to Snyder's vision. The extra second should make it 50% more empowering. I propose lingering crotch shots be called Martha's with the necessary counterpart. <laughs> Arthur's. E.g., the Clooney Batman features two Arthur's and a particularly egregious Martha. Ah, the Clooney one. It's weird that Val Kilmer's not even in the worst Batman movie. Number two, liquid courtesy of Wissahickon Creek <laughs> in blowout. Wissahickon Creek. Wissahickon Creek. <laughs> the 
cutting plot is conceived. A pesky governor will be bumped off on the quiet, his car taking a dive into the drink at a celebrated historic bridge of the principal park of the big city in a well-lit area observed by only a strolling couple and recorded comprehensively by at least two other persons capturing video and audio or allowed to leave the scene with the evidence. This slick covert operation requires over the next week or so merely the bribing of witnesses, the untrammeled national broadcast of video evidence, the ransacking and vandalism of a busy film studio and a string of staged serial kills of innocent lookalikes in public places, culminating in murders at first a busy train station and later a vast annual parade being recorded by dozens of cameras and in the presence of thousands of potential witnesses. Textbook. Number one, gas and plasma, Wait, particularly the latter. What was the movie? What was the blowout. movie? Blowout. Oh, blowout. Okay, thank you. Right. Liquid <laughs> is the thing hit. No, right, liquid. Wissahick on Creek. All right, thank you. Number one, gas and plasma, particularly the latter, are challenged. Neon lighting isn't fully ionized and so unacceptable. Rolling out Vegas to a car chase, such. These configure his novice movie is motivated and reported. Anyway, these kinds of interactions aren't coming up to be featured films. So I choose Sunshine 2007, in which Killian Murphy drives a spaceship into the sun like a big Egypt. Except he's not an Egypt, it's part of the plan. That's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, he's doing his job. So the sun. Well, I mean, it is a cool object. I guess that's the list. You know, you're like. Baby carriage. Or also, sun. gas and plasma. Right. And also, Killian uh, Murphy doesn't drive it. Benedict Wong does. Killian Murphy's just there yeah. to, to flip the switch. Yeah. Just, 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 you know, just if we're getting technical here. You know, you got to blame the right person, Keith Leith. Yeah. Or give credit. Give credit to the blame. Runner up, top secret. Thing hit by vehicles, the firmly landlocked Flergendorf prison, and the vehicle's a submarine. <laughs> That's Keith Lee. I would choose a Good Pinto. Old. Can can you say a Pinto is a thing? Uh, Pinto and Flounder. Right. They're a thing. Hendrick Thiel writes, Hey, quarter to three oh. Here are my picks for cool things getting hit by cars. Number three, the stacked chair sculpture getting smashed in 22 Jump Street while Schmidt and Jenko are driving in that little football helmet car. As Jenko <laughs> puts it, I mean, it looks cool, but it's just so wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> in director Sebastian Shippers of Victoria fame first movie Gigantic Rico played by Florian Lucas successfully drives a Ford Granada Granada Ford Granada over the one wheel ramp of a group of Romanian stunt drivers slash Elvis impersonators only to bump into their giant Elvis billboard at the end causing the V of Elvis written in light bulb letters on top of it to topple and smash into Elvis's painted visage visually decapitating him the pride and elation of Rico's face quickly turning into panic when he realizes what happened gets me every time number one the sand hit by the cow catcher of Furious's truck in Mad Max Fury Road just for how spectacular it looks in a movie filled with breathtaking visuals greetings from Hamburg Hendrik Thiel hey Hendrik sand is a better way to characterize it than dirt which is what I had so uh, I'll, yeah, tornado I'll... well tornado is a separate thing he obviously meant to mention that one but just forgot to type that in it's the rich man's cyclone Alexander Burns writes, here they are, read them and weep. Number three, Mean Girls. Forgot the character's name and stuff, but the meanest girl gets hit by a bus very unexpectedly near the end of the movie. Didn't see that coming. She somehow lives. What? Isn't that um, Heather's? No, no. Number two, Rachel McAdams gets hit by a bus? The Mean Girls? Somebody does. Fuck, I don't remember that. All right. Number two, Free Fire. 
Spoiler, someone gets rolled over by a large van while John Denver's playing. <laughs> it's hardly speeding, though. Alexander? Also another thing, but Kelly Wand, I guess, did open the field. Yeah, he did. If, if, if there's opening on the field, number one, <laughs> Raw, in the opening scene of this movie, a character hiding in some bushes near a road throws themselves from... Catch you all later. If Kelly and Christian still haven't seen Raw, you probably should, Alex. All right, I'm going to watch it today after my Twin Peaks. Alexander Burns writes, <laughs> I just realized, he rewrites, I just realized my number one pick Raw was incorrect for reasons only Tom will realize because I'm pretty certain you other two ding-dongs haven't seen it yet. So my new number one pick is The Omen 2. The police are probably eating donuts at this point, so I'm sure this one works. During the investigation, Damien's passed the priest and some other guy looking at these statues near a train yard. Mysteriously, an empty train car starts to roll towards them, and the other guy's just standing in the snow-covered tracks. <laughs> I'm right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> the priest is still looking at statues and pics of Damien that look like David Bowie. The music gets louder and creepier, then the train tracks switch position by an unknown force. What do you mean, unknown force? It's a devil. That's not an unknown force. Please. Well, it's unknown to the priest. They don't know that the devil exists. All right, okay. They're not prepared. That's why they're like, what? 20 seconds later, the train car hooks the guy by the waist as it keeps moving. <laughs> he's spelled waist, A-S-T-E. So I was picturing that happening. And he's screaming and attached perfectly to the car, <clears throat> crashes into another train car. His body's in two pieces now. So my pick is that guy. The doctor gets uh, separated, sectioned off, too, in that movie. Doesn't he in the elevator? Did someone get, I don't remember that in Omen 2. Oh. You don't? There's an elevator that falls, the black doctor guy, who like discovers the weird x-ray of the jackal's hoof on Damien's head, and he goes in an elevator, and then like a cable cuts him in half or something. Oh, that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Right, I do remember that. It's horrific. Yeah. It's a pretty horrific movie. I mean, that's what I kind of wish The Mommy had been. Like, just an R-rated omen, like, like what? Tom Cruise? Well, omens, the, the Final Destination movies are basically secular omens. Right. Yeah. Right. So the omen kind of predated that that whole idea of hey some crazy wacky Rube Goldberg you know chain of events is going to kill you gruesomely. The thing that I always found scary about the Omen movies was that you really felt like there's nothing you could do. Like the devil's too powerful and no one has a chance and all the characters are overmatched and they mostly don't believe it. But the deaths are so horrific too. Like they're evil deaths. Like they're deaths. Like the one under the ice. You know. No, the, the devil's a real dick. It's yeah. he's a dick. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a asshole. It's very much like the modern American political system. Um, Kelly, one did that guy call us the other two ding dongs? Yeah, we're ding dongs. <laughs> but Alexander Burns is right though about as long as you just specify that the thing that gets hit is a French tree. Roz is a cromulent pick. That's fine. All right. Kelly, one, yeah. you got everybody writing in with with people getting hit by cars. If you'd done that, Vegas yeah. and I would have had a whole different list. Um. You know, I'm like one of those colleges where you pick your own grade. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone picks C for some reason. Uh, Arthur Giovannigelli writes, number three, Rango. Alfred Molina voices Roadkill, a mystical armadillo who somehow survived getting hit by a car and has a tire mark on his shell to prove it. We meet him early in the movie when he gets run over and he later appears to help Rango overcome the doubt and fear that have crippled him. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> I'm guessing we have anime. We have anime cited. It's it's the white people's anime. Harry Potter. Yep. You anime. got it. Harry, yep. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. 
That's the last one I read, and I went, I'm done with these. There's a fucking phoenix living under the school, and they don't even know? Idiots. That actually like, made me stop reading the book. Like, all right, the school's too stupid. I'm not taking it seriously. After Dobby the house elf, as opposed to Willy Wonka. But Willy Wonka knows it's weird. Like, he made it that way. Hogwarts is a mess, and they're like, they're supposed to be, like, responsible wizards. With all this dumb shit going on. Fucking JFK-level conspiracies. Enough about okay. Back to the anime. Harry Potter. After Dobby, the house elf steals the entrance to Platform Nine and Three Quarters. Harry Potter and Ronald Weasley must find another way to reach the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Their solutions to steal Arthur Weasley's car because he enchanted it with a levitation charm, making it capable of prolonged flight. They use the flying car to follow the Hogwarts Express all, all the way to the school. But when they reach the grounds, they run into some trouble as the levitation charm begins to falter. <laughs> this causes them to crash into a whomping willow tree. The object I'm picking for this 3x3, three three, which almost results in their deaths, the whomping willow is injured when it's struck by this plummeting car. It must be nursed back to health by the herbology professor, Pomona Sprout. <laughs> Bestsellers. We actually see the fully healed tree in later movies maliciously swatting nearby birds out of the sky and it poofs at feathers. Delightful. Number one, Mean Girls. Rachel McAdams and Lindsay Lohan are arguing outside their school. McAdams gets hit by a bus, school bus. Turns out this wasn't a fatal accident. McAdams reappears later. But it's really surprising and extremely funny. The movie's now a little sad. Lohan's fun to watch, and it's too bad she essentially hit her own career with a school bus. Oh. And then Emma Stone went, my turn! <laughs> little house of cards. Randy Connolly writes, quote, Jake, Jake. Jake, I gotta pull over. Juliet, Jake, and Elwood Blues are in the climactic chase sequence when Elwood utters these words before plowing their black and white 90s of a 1974 Dodge sedan through a guardrail and down a grassy hill. The guardrail never stood a chance. The guardrail? Numerous police cars follow, triggering the first major pileup in the 1980s, the Blue Brothers. So the guardrails is number three. In Studio Ghibli's Laputa Castle in the Sky... I like where this is going. The Harry Potter for Asians. Two children are on the run from Sky Pirates. As Pazu and Sheeta are trying to escape from Mama Dola and her pirate crew, they run across a rickety wooden bridge on an elevated railway. Mama Dola races her 20s air jalopy down a parallel path, smashing through a small railway switch house, and she chases the children onto the train tracks. <laughs> uh, I just totally wasn't listening. The collision chatters in the small building and never fails to get my blood pumping as this chase is odd. So guardrail again, I think. In Studio Ghibli's Laputa Castle in the Sky, this is his number one, by the way, two children are on the run from Sky Pirates. Pazuinev <laughs> boarded a small mine train traveling on an elevated railway. Mama Dole and her pirate crew are close behind, driving their cramped Model T on the tracks and catching up to the train. Pazu uncouples the empty mine carts from the engine and pushes them back towards the pursuing pirates. (sighs) 
The rolling mine carts momentarily slow the pirates down when their car collides with them, causing Momodola, who's now standing on the head of the car, to lose her balance. The pirate car, now pushing the mine carts with Momodola, straddling them both, catches up and rams the small train engine, carrying the escaping children. A great chase sequence made even better by changing some aspects of the chase, a bit of comedy, and by the demonstrated determination of the pursuers. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're getting there. This podcast will eventually end, <laughs> just like the mummy did. But I feel like the mummy when she was mummified alive and had to wait three thousand years. This is what this feels like. No offense, listeners. Brian Kent writes, "You're dead. We killed you, RoboCop." This one's kind of a twofer. At the end of RoboCop, the "You're dead. We killed you" guy slams his food truck. It's a big vat of toxic waste. I forgot it was a food truck. Which is it a food into- truck? Yeah, it's a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got food and toxic waste corrupting him. More rules in the mummy. He tumbles out of the back looking like a Fallout 4 ghoul. Help me, he gurgles to Laura Palmer's dad, who can only reply, don't touch me, man. He stumbles into the street where the head bad guy looks like Alt Brown's trying to escape the cops in his car. He drives straight into the butte <laughs> and cleaning up in half like Jello. There's a shot from the inside of the car as the entire juicy contents of the toxic man are splashed up against the windshield, completely covering it. That was pretty cool to teenage me. You can take your jurisdiction crap and shove it up your ass. The Matrix. Matrix, Oh, the phone booth? Oh, that's a good one, if that's what it is. Uh, Yeah, Agent Smith chases his Trinity in a dump truck. He manages to power slide the dump truck somehow and pops the clutch, burning rubber straight at the phone booth in a dump truck. Trinity slides into the booth and picks up the receiver, trying to watch the truck as it smashes into it. The last moment, she throws her hand up against the glass as if to stop the truck. No trace of her is found. I like when that gets echoed near the end of the movie in the subway, where she again puts her hand up to the glass of the phone booth, just as Agent Smith puts a bullet through it. That's a good choice. I like that. That'd be cool if she went, dodge this, and then just put her hand up. That would be cool. It's the opposite. Justin D. Hurd writes, number three, the obvious one that I'll get out of the way, meet Joe Black. There was something <laughs> so oddly satisfying. No one's ever said those words in that order before. <laughs> meet Joe Black's the obvious one that'll get out of the way. There's something so oddly satisfying seeing Brad Pitt get hit, not once but twice, while standing in the middle of traffic. Oh, so it's like Edge of Tomorrow. I can share it. Yeah. It doesn't really uh, hold up, but it's the first thing that popped in my head. Number two, here's a quote. John, I'm thinking. Constantine. Uh, I'm sure this effect was done in other mediums better, but it's the one that stuck in my head. When the Spear of Destiny is found, its bearer jumps the fence and walks across the road only to be hit by a car and have it wrap around his body. Number one, another quote from this masterpiece, also starring Rachel Weiss. So what do you do? I collect hobbies. What? I haven't seen this movie. Because I get it mixed up with the uh, Matt Damon, Heath Ledger one. In Brothers Bloom, we have the foundation of Penelope being unable to brake properly in her sports car when she crashes into the fountain the first time the team is outside her mansion. Later in their bid to ingratiate themselves to her, Bloom rides a banana seat bicycle down a hill right into her path. While we don't see the actual hit, we get a shot of Bloom flying through the air. And the moments after, Penelope darts forward and the car then stops. We think she's running and then having trouble starting the car, only for her to drive it off the side of the winding path and discover that she had a seizure. It plays with her expectations on every level. God, I love the Brothers Bloom. 
Wow, I've never heard anybody say that. Tom, did you like Brothers Bloom? I'm afraid I did not. I liked Rachel Weiss in it. Yeah, I didn't either. Markardson writes, Hey guys, my three choices to have a van, jeep, and truck doing the hitting rather than a car. Number three, free fire. Steve-O gets hit by a red van, specifically gets hit by the front left tire of the van. Uh, uh, spoiler. Number two, top secret. A German jeep tries to evade machine gun fire being laid down by chocolate moose. Germans screen towards a Ford Pinto. They manage to stop the jeep, so it only taps the Pinto, which is enough to cause the Pinto to explode, which kills the Germans in the jeep. Sorry, Chris. I love that. I love that moment so much. Thank you, Chris. I love all top secret moments. I'm upset it's not like the number one movie. Like every year, like it's still like, yeah, people still love it. It's weird. It's timeless. Number one, Big Trouble in Little China. Absolutely not. This is a truck rather than a car that's doing the hitting. But Jack Burton hits low pan with his truck. Thanks, guys. Chris. I guess that counts. It's He's Asian. All right. That's it. So that's it for listening. <laughs> Stop listening now. And get ready for this week's, next week's 3x3 three three topic. No runners-up? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys have oh, yeah. runners I mean, If we're going to expand it to, like, people and uh, creatures and stuff. And there's I mean, a million. Yeah. Uh, my, one of my favorite ones would be for Hunt from Hunt for Red October, and the object being hit would be a torpedo. And uh, Oh, that's a good one. They, uh Great. Hit it too fast, right? Before it detonates. Well, no, he, he, they took off the safeties, and then the torpedo came around and hit. Hey, it's Stellan Skarsgård's own own submarine. Wait, is it U five seven? Which say? is the one where the torpedoes they like they try to hit it fat quickly because it hasn't armed yet, and so they like ram the torpedoes, and then the torpedoes like bounce off because they're not. Oh yeah, that's that's in work. Hunt for October too. Yeah. They and he he races toward it because the safeties haven't been set, and so then um, uh, I think it's, it's not Barod, and I forget what Stellan Skarsgård's uh, character name is, but he says, "I want the safety set for zero now," and then they ram their own torpedo. But you're right; they do uh, what uh, Scott Glenn, what Bart Mancuso. <laughs> chooses to do is a uh, race toward the torpedo before the safety can uh, uh, get clicked off. Um, and the T2, the Terminator 2 one I would have chosen would have been the object of the robot being hit. Uh, wait, I would have like picked the helicopter was... hitting the truck too. Yeah, maybe yeah, right. yeah. Oh, that's what you mean. I thought you meant when uh, liquid metal jumps into the helicopter before. From a truck. <laughs> oh, okay. Did Kelly want to see the invitation? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, the coyote at the beginning. I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Oh. I mean, I know what it's a bit of character yeah. development, but I uh, watched that again tonight thinking, I mean, the coyote I didn't pick because it wasn't a thing, but I'm still not I sure how they would have more like deers and whatnot. I thought there was a, like a deer in ice storm or something, something that got hit by a car vehicle in ice storm. No, uh, ice. No. The train, the ice gets hit by, the train gets hit. Oh, wait, the train hits ice and then right. it freezes up and it messes up power lines. Uh, Coyote gets hit in a movie called The Monster with Zoe Kazan. Uh, <clears> the <throat> train hits Hancock. He, he gets in trouble for it. Zoe Kazan? The, is she the related? The train gets hit by Hancock. Oh, okay. And no, what's he the gets thing where the, where the dude gets hit by the car 
and he gets embedded in the windshield, and then she just drives him home and leaves him. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's called Stuck. <laughs> stuck, all right. Oh, I don't know how you could forget that thing. Huh. But I thought there, was, good. there would be more. I thought there were there was like a, a specific deer one, and I, but I couldn't think of the deer thing. That movie I, went, I went for things rather than organic things. Yeah, yeah me too. Hmm. Other, other than the tree, I avoided. When I was thinking of Sideways, I was thinking it was just going to be the tree. And I forgot that he said, well, this doesn't look this like this would have caused an injury. And then the car sadly just hits a fence going fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a sad moment. With the two of them standing there. And first they unload the wine. Um, and, and he's, oh, well, I broke a couple of bottles, but whatever. And I was like, not whatever. And then, but he still lets him do it to his car. And then they drive up to the house, and and he says, "Don't drive off until they see the front of your car." <laughs> that's God, good. That's just so sad. I love how sad that is. No one picked a fruit cart or a chicken truck. Yeah, good point. Or yeah. a roller coaster from smoking the Manit. I thought in Star Wars when R2 runs away because they take his restraining bolt off, and he's gonna walk to a cave, I guess, and then in the land speeder. Luke sees him ahead, and then he goes, hit him, 3PO. I thought they were going to hit R2-D2, like speed up. Wow. You know, like he's in trouble for wandering off. So he's going to get he's gonna get the hose. <laughs> he gets the hose. <laughs> he's going to put it in the basket. <laughs> well, I kept thinking of also, uh, like, starships that run into each other. Yeah. That probably wouldn't happen that often in RL. No. Space right. is pretty big. But it Star Wars been in... too easy. Like Voyager gets hit by Klingons in Star Trek V. I'm actually surprised that Tom didn't choose Melancholia. Because I think... Oh, yeah. Planet Planet's was... not a vehicle. Everyone knows oh. that. Well, But there are vehicles on the planet. That's true. So, yeah, my, my, my number... Tom if it had been top four, my number four would have been Christian Dunst hit by a planet. Let's just do four by fours. Once, just to see if it's cool. Hmm. <laughs> but if I could bring the house down, Dingus, what's next week's three by three topic, and how can listeners participate? All right, my uh, the next week's topic is uh, your favorite stairs, and I'm not <laughs> talking about looking at people. A R E. All right. Nope. It's S T A I R S, like stairs and steps. I don't think so. Uh, and I've got a pretty updated list on our document. So these are your favorite the stairs, stairs themselves. Yeah, your favorite use of stairs and steps in movies. Hmm. And if you want to contribute to this, please write into three by three at quarter three dot com. That's three x three at quarter three dot com. And by the way, if you have any thoughts on next week's movie that we're going to do for the podcast. Kelly Wand, what would that movie be? Uh, the Transformers. No, Kelly. I mean, you know, oh, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. It's yes, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Finally. Yes. Finally. Thoughts about Wonder Woman. As uh, we have two listeners this week who wrote in about this week's movie, that would be Chris Markinson and Alexander Burns. Uh, you just send that into 3x3 at quarter3.com. Please put in your subject line that you're talking about Wonder Woman and then send in your three by three topic on a separate email. Uh, we will read them both 
on the uh, podcast. But all you have to do is send it into 3x3 at quarter3.com. And make sure you get those in. Uh, we never do this, but we should probably start. Uh, by June 18th, uh, midnight Pacific time. So if you're listening to this later uh, <sighs> than that date, sorry, you've missed it. No favorite stairs will be of, of yours will be read on the air, I'm afraid. What about ramps? Yeah, Dingus. Why don't you support disabled people with disabilities yeah. being able to ascend? Why you got to be that we, guy? Wait, why we, you got to be a diagonal? We've had things about disabilities, and if you want to do ramps later, do ramps later. Those are two different things. These are stairs and steps. Ramps later. Those are very different visual things. So join us for that next week. I'm Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Moloski. Yeah, it's Christian Moloski. And Kelly Wand. Do mummies enjoy being mummies? Of corpse. Uh, hey, what do you call an Egyptian doctor? A chiropractor. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! Uh, uh, why did Cleopatra go to the psychiatrist? She's the Queen of Denial. Uh, oh, God. Tom, he's in my head. Hmm.